Welcome everybody, how we doing? Big shout out to our supporters First off, big shout out to Mark Wright, Coldwell Banker, Coastal Homes Big shout out to everything Mark Wright has going on You're looking to buy a house Coldwell Banker, Coastal Homes, give Mark a call today 401 5203 Big shout out to Rally Point. The only way to stand is together. Go to Rally Point Men'sMinistries.org now to purchase a copy of the new book on sale. How barbecue can teach you how God prepares a man. Recover Rhode Island. You're looking to get on the field faster. You're looking to stay in shape. Get over to at Recover Rhode Island over on Instagram. Let them help you get back on the field. And big shout out to Breakthrough 7 vs. 7 Summer Passing League going on every Sunday up until July 31st over at Conley Stadium. And we all know the Lyman Challenge coming up July 30 at 40 Reservoir Road, Coventry, Rhode Island. Sign up now. Elite football schools, the only way you can challenge yourself like never before. Go to elite football schools.com. Get it like the man that got 17 championship rings. Big shout out to my guy, Phil Bryant. Love what he had going on with the Connecticut Youth All-Stars. The UMass Dartmouth Football One-Day Camp with Brown University was today, Saturday, July 23rd. What a great turnout they had. If you need me to promote your camps, definitely reach out to me at CanWeKeepItReal40 at gmail.com. Now we're going to get into our show I just want to appreciate everybody. Thank you, everybody, for being part of this great, great process. There we are. We live right there. It's your boy. How we doing? Share this. We're going to have Coach Ryan McCormick up in here in just a minute. We're going to talk about the UMass Dartmouth football. One day camp with Brown University. Saturday, July 23rd at Cressy Field. The noon registration is going to be lit. What's up, everybody? How we doing, man? We always want to thank the people that make this possible, man. Big shout out to elite football schools. Challenge yourself like never before. Get it from someone that already got it. Keith Croft, elite football schools. Grade 6 through 12, going on all week. 18 through the 21st. There's more camps going on at elite football schools. Definitely check that out. What's going on, everybody? How are we doing? We're going to have Coach McCormick up here in a minute. He's going to talk about the UMass Dartmouth one-day football camp with Brown University. Shout out my guy, Willie. My 
guy Willie over there, Willie Edwards, man, uh, doing his thing over at Brown University. Are we getting out to the lineman camp? Get out to the lineman camp, man. We're going to have Coach McCormick on in about 10 minutes. What's going on, everybody? It's lit. You want to get your brand up here, right in the corner, man. Hit me up, Can we keep it real 40 at gmail.com. You know we always got to start off with a strong beat. Please share this. You want to know the difference between good and bad football camps? Well, we're going to talk to Coach McCormick and all that about the football camps. No better place to be on July 23rd than a UMass Dartmouth football one-day camp, man. And if you need something promoted, let us do it, man. Uh, let us promote your next camp coming up. Big shout out what's going on down there at Conley up until July 31st. And then it's football time. Concentrate on football. Can you guys hear the music? What's going on in Rhode Island High School football, man? It's getting lit. But we're going to have some positive, positive vibes tonight with Coach McCormick. Big shout out to my guy, Coach Penn. Rally point. The only way to stand is together, man. And listen, if you're looking to buy a home, give Mark a call, man. Shout out to everybody that helps us push this forward. I know UMass Dartman, man, they can't wait to get their kids on campus for our one-day showcase with the Academic Elite Football Academy and Brown University Football. Providence Gridiron Club Hall of Fame coach Willie Edwards, who will be the running back coach for Brown football and key contributors to creating the number 12 offense in all FCS D1 football in 2021 will be on hand representing Brown. Shout out to my guy, Coach Edwards. Coach Edwards is regarded as one of the best recruiters in all of FCS football and has been a major factor in yielding some of Brown Bears' best talent. Shout out, Coach Willie Edwards. Coach Edwards also spent a portion of the COVID season working with the NFL Los Angeles Rams. Bet you didn't know that about Willie. In their scouting personnel department, providing high level of ability and evaluation and talent. I think the Giants were fighting over him too at the time, but shout out to my guy, Coach Willie Edwards. doing everybody today man what is going on we just waiting for coach mccormick to get up in here man what is going on everybody what have you been doing but i want to give a chance right now i want to thank my sponsors right now the people that helped me make this possible and let's put your name on this list
Yo, we back, we back, man. What's going on, everybody, man? We're going to have Coach Ryan McCormick in tonight. We're going to talk about the one-day football camp we got coming up at UMass Dartmouth. If you have any questions, share the stream. If you know anyone that has any questions, tag them. Shout out Coach Willie Edwards. Someone could tag him for me, too. Um, You got to give him his flowers. Uh, Coach Willie Edwards, definitely a legend in this game. I'm just trying to set a few things up right now while we wait for Coach McCormick. Um, but how's my people doing, man? A lot of people said that the last couple of shows was actually pretty good. What do y'all think? I think they was pretty good. You know, um, not everybody's going to like all the content that we have. Confirm list of schools that's going to be up here at the UMass Dotman. Camp Bryant University, Anna Maria College, Pittsburgh State University, Assumption University, Westfield State University, Bridgewater State University. There's going to be a lot of schools up at this university. Thank you. Thank you. Shout out, Craig Jones. Appreciate it. You know, we try to bring you, we try to bring it to you as real as we can and sometimes i think we we are too real and uh people start running for the hills man six years i've been doing this and the list of guests that are on the bottom of colleges that are going to be up there at the umass dotment football camp there is no better place to be than this camp that's coming up you know and i hope everyone has a chance to get out there one thing I do want to say, let me see if I got the picture up here because this is very important. Uh, the football community, one of our own, needs your help. I got to get his picture up here. One of Pilgrim's, one of Pilgrim's Patriots, you know, was going on a cruise with his family, went down to Miami, got sick. The poor young man is actually in in the hospital right right now. I'm gonna put the information up. I'm gonna put um, I'm gonna get the GoFundMe so we can post that. But scrolling on the bottom of the screen would actually be the information. Um, they actually have a go a GoFundMe. Um, his aunt Ted and Robin, they're Chase's aunt and uncle. They're trying to raise money for Julie and her family to continue to stay in Miami. While Chase is still in the hospital. They were all set to go on a cruise when I guess Chase became seriously sick down in Florida. They rushed Chase to the hospital. And this money is going to cover Chase's family for hotel rooms, food, transportation. To and from the hospital, some medical bills. So anything will help. I'm going to get the information right now and actually... Um, I'm going to get it up there, but all donations will go directly into Chase's parents' account. I'm going to get it. Let me load it right now. Give me one second. So, yeah, any money is going to go right into Chase's family's, Chase's um, mom's account. They're down there in Florida. You know, I told Coach Blake, you know, definitely, I would definitely help out any chance that I get. Um, let me download this. Give me one second. 
You know, we're a one-man show over here. We're doing the producing. We sliding. We gliding. Trying to stand up, you know. Uh, here it is. Uh, this is Chase Roberts. He's one of the players over at Pilgrim. You know, on his family trip, he became very sick. And his stay up in Florida in the hospital, It's the treatment is long. He's been there for a little while. He might continue to be there. So we're going to get the GoFundMe up here um you know he's gonna have coach blake maybe come up soon and talk about it um but i'm gonna get the gofundme up there right now so if anybody wants to make a donation let me see if i could do that one second yeah it's very very sad situation um give me one second to get the gofundme up and There's also going to be additional NCAA coaches from other programs throughout the East as well. A full list will be announced shortly. This is going to be at Cressy Field, UMass Dotman, July 23rd, and registration starts at noon. And give me a second to get this other. Where is it? One second. Yeah, give me, I'm trying to pull it up right now. Maybe we could find it easier on. I thought I just had it. Let me look for it. So we could try to get this young man the help that he needs. And while I do that. When I drop you off, you never see your father saw 48 hours of the week. It's not enough for us to speak. It's not enough for me to teach. I want to hug you out of reach. You're so far away. I just want you here with me. Just know this wasn't up to me. Driving from your mama crib, I find it hard to breathe Hard to tell you what I mean, but I never want to leave There's things I must protect you from, I only can two days out the week I only feel like a man on them two days out the week the rest of the time, I'm on my grind, sometimes I forget to eat But I'm hungry, baby, daddy, eat the street I'd live in the hole if it meant you could live free I'd let go of my soul just for you to be But all I really want is you right here with me Okay, I actually have the link now. They raised already $5,700. Um, so let me share this link right now. I'm going to share the link right this second. Give me one second. Sometimes I get messages in my ADDS, you know, like I get all confused. Okay, so I go there. So Coach McCormick will be on soon. You can actually go to UMass Dotman um, website and register for the football camp. I want to get that GoFundMe page up. That's why we're actually uh, 
Let me see. Copy link. Go over here. I'm going to put the link in the comment section. So I think it would be easier just to copy and paste it. And I'll also put it up in the... Uh, It looks like a lot, but this is uh that is actually the link for the fundraiser. Um you can hit that link, you could you could really help out. Again, this is for one of Pilgrim Football's football players. You can go to Blake Simpson's Facebook page. Um the story is on there. This is basically Chase Roberts. Uh, he was a player at program. His family went on a vacation. He became very, very sick. And he's been in the hospital. Serious medical treatment. His family needs our help. I'm going to post this to go find me pages out there. Um, if everybody can help out. And I'm sure Chase's aunt and uncle, Ted and Robin, I believe it says their names out there, trying to raise money for the family. So they continue to stay in Miami because nobody wants to leave their loved ones down in Miami. And this is what we do for our football family, right? For our culture and uh, for all the crazy things that have been going on lately. This is what we continue to do. So shout out Blake Simpson, everything he does over there at Pilgrim, at Pilgrim Football. You know, but we're going to get Coach McCormick up in here in just a second. Love what Coach McCormick, you know, everything he has going on up there, UMass Dartmouth. Why would you want to go to any other football camp on July 23rd except for the one at UMass Dartmouth? And why would you want anyone else except for me to promote your football camps? You know, shout out to Elite Football School, Keith Croft. Get out there. They have a great camp going on all week long, the 18th to the 21st. Challenge yourself like never before. He has some other camps coming out, Thursday night camps. And your breakthrough is getting very, very interesting. Right now, breakthrough standings look like 11 and 1. Team Yellow is up there. Team Lime right there at 8 and 4. But it looks like leading right now. With the number one offense, is Team Baby Blue. They must have had a big week over there at Breakthrough to take the offense. And then you got number two is Team Yellow, 11-1. and one. Points against, Team Yellow has 138. Lime, 172. Shout out 508-617. Holding it down in the 401. That's Team White at 7-5. and five. But shout out Breakthrough. Get over there to Conley. Team Pink still holding in at six and six. So there's still plenty of time left to get over there. July 31st is the last day of the breakthrough camp. Um, so playoffs are gonna be lit. It's definitely gonna be exceptional. And listen, if you're looking to get back on the field faster, man, recover Rhode Island. Mikey Washington definitely has what's going on. So who's going? Any anybody on here right now going to the football camp with Coach McCormick? There's gonna be a lot of coaches. There's gonna be a lot of coaches there. 
there's gonna be oh okay all right one second I gotta send it to his uh oh okay is he I don't see you no yeah nah yet you're not uh oh here we go here we go all right All right, here we go. We're going to bring in Coach McCormick in just one second. You know, he's definitely been doing a lot for Rhode Island, bringing in a lot of kids. But before that, I just want to let everyone know the Big Lyman Challenge that's coming up July 30th. 40 Reservoir Road, Coventry, Rhode Island. Definitely sign up for that. That's going to be pretty, pretty big. And... Get over there to Elite Football School right now. Challenge yourself like never before. Keith Croft. And you already know Breakthrough is doing it. Get down there to Conley Field, Conley Stadium. Um, the playoffs are going to be great. They're coming around the corner. And also, Recover Rhode Island. If you're looking to get back on the field, click give Mike Washington a call at Recover Rhode Island over there on Instagram. So. We're not going to hold you up. We're going to bring our guy in, man, uh, Coach Ryan McCormick. What's up, Coach? Good evening, Mikey. All right. We hear him loud and clear. Another great football camp. You know, you've been busy. You must have been, what, 60 days, 40 camps maybe? That's what I would guess. Yeah, somewhere in that room. If I sat down and counted them all out, it's a lot. Um, a lot of lot of miles on the tire, so to speak. But I bet. it's worth it, you know. Is that what it takes to to build these programs? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's worked for me. You know, everybody has their own way they do things. Um, you know, no, it's no different in calling an offense, calling a defense, calling specials, running a team, or running recruiting. You know, everybody has their own way they're doing business, so to speak, and in some ways work for some, in some ways work for others. And so, um, this is year twenty three coming up for me. So I think this is my my. Uh, my product on the field as far as recruiting kids and trying to design a team like an architect, so to speak, um, and building a roster is kind of shown. It's a, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. You know, yeah, you know, um, um, you definitely put the work in. Yeah, we're trying. I mean, it's not just me. I mean, our whole staff is doing stuff, but I'm, I'm like my, my big niche on the staff is running recruiting. Um, just like our OC, that's his big niche or DC. That's his big niche. And, Special teams coordinator, Coach Struther, that's his is his niche, and he's all our also our academic support person um, with our study hall program and our academic support program. So we all have our niches um, of what our our jobs are. I mean, we kind of run it like a business in the sense that there's like there's department heads, you know, the, the coordinators, department heads of their responsibilities, and then they delegate tasks to their you know individual people in their side of the ball or, or section of, of the, of the program. So um, it's no different with being recruiting. So, you know, basically I go to the coordinators and say, what are you looking for body types? What are we looking for? What's the ideal utopian kid for this position? And then we have to go out and find the right kids that we think are the right fits to be that person or multiple people in that position. So, you know, I mean, we've done a good job. I mean, we've had three, our last three starting quarterbacks have all won the golden helmet. It's, it's an award the New England sports writers put out every year. They put out multiple out each week. Um, they have three quarterbacks. The last three in in, in transition of, of starters have all had it. So 
that's not easy to accomplish. Um, there's many players that are very good players that don't ever get that award that are stellar players. And, and so I, obviously we're creating, you know, good football players that can garner those things. And those awards are nice, but that's not really the goal. It just has kind of happened by the process. But, um, you know, we feel we're in the right direction. I mean, my dad used to say in the world of business, he, he lived in the, in the you know corporate world for a long time and said, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. There's no in between. And the other thing he says is you, when you think you know it all, that's when you don't know it all. And that's when you start losing. Um, so I always say, like, if I don't have the answer to the equation, I'm going to find out from somebody smarter than me and continue to do that. And it's worked pretty well. So um, I don't have all the answers. I have some answers for sure. Um, but, you know, as I progress, I'm always looking for better answers, better ways to do business. It's, it's best business practice. Um, and it's, it's worked well. And you're pretty on point about it. You know, you've been bringing in a lot of kids the last couple of seasons. Um, last year, I think it was 25. Got to be 35, 37 this year. Who knows? You know, that's so not easy. We um, actually garnered two more Rhode Island kids. Uh, one's a transfer. And one is a kid that decided not to go prep. As ever. They're both very good football players, like stellar good football players. So once our roster's online, for the season at the, near the end of camp before our scrimmage, people really figure out who these people are. They're, I think they're going to be shocked. They're, I think they're really going to be like, whoa, they got those guys plus those guys plus those guys. So um, we're happy. We had one of those guys out of high school back in the day. So we're really excited they're coming here. And so I can't say who they are yet because we're keeping a little bit of a surprise. Um, but when you see it, you'll understand. Um, so, I mean – on paper, we should be really good, but that's not reality. Reality is you got to produce every day, and hopefully the building blocks build to doing what you're supposed to do. So on paper, we should be really good, but our league's really tough. So there's no easy games. I mean, you're not playing in a cream puff league. You're playing in a very – there's a lot of Division One athletes that transfer into our league on all the rosters. Um, there's a lot of good coaches in the league, and there's a lot of really hungry people that want to win the league. So, you know, every week it's a grind, and every team we face is different. I mean, literally no one's the same. You know, they have some some similar things, but every week it's a different scheme you're seeing a little bit. They have their own niche to do well, and they have different players that are well. So, I mean, we played against a Framingham team last year that has a defensive end in the National Football League. So, you know, um, they're not, there's not a lot of those guys walking the earth, and so when you're playing against them, you realize how good they are. So, um, and now he's doing well for the, for the uh, Seattle Seahawks, and good job to Josh. He's a hard worker, and they did a good job with him at Framingham to build him. So, you know, we're doing our same old thing here, and 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 hopefully we can produce some of those ourselves. But that's not the only goal. The goal is to get a great education, have a good experience, and go in the real world and make a difference and also um, have a great lifestyle, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just wanted to throw this up real quick. I'm not sure if you was familiar with uh, Pilgrim High School. Chase Roberts, uh, one of Blake's players, he went down to Miami for uh, – for a, on, to go on a cruise, he got very sick. He's in the hospital. His family's asking, you know, for people to to help them out so they could stay down there. But I just wanted to let people know you can go to Blake Simpson's um, page because we all got to take care of each other. You know, we're actually, you know, a big family. So uh, check that out over on Blake Simpson's page. Um, you know, I I wish him well, but um. Yeah, I just want to let the people know that uh, we're we're always caring about the the young kids coming up, Ryan. 
Yeah, you never want to see kids get sick. That's really tough. And Blake's got a great team and great kids, and so I actually know who that kid is. That's that's tough. That's not good. So, yeah, anyone that can donate, I would say, yeah, definitely, if you can, if you can afford to do it. And any, I'm sure any, any dime will help that, that poor kid. That's that's tough. That's right. That's right. Great, great – Um, a lot of great people in Rhode Island football. Something great that you have right now coming up, the UMass Dartman one-day football camp with Brown University. You know, Gridiron Hall of Fame coach – Willie Edwards, man, you know, key contributor, creating the the number 12 offense in all of FCS D1 football in 2021. Going to have him on hand. Who else going to be on hand? So we we have a bunch of schools. So Bryant is heading to the Big South Conference. They're leaving the NEC. So one of their coaches is coming. So the list of schools that you have right now are all the, co- all the schools are actually physically working the drills of the camp. So all those people are going to be coaching kids. There's also going to be a separate additional list of people just evaluating, so additional schools. So we're in the process of finalizing that list as we speak. That was part of my uh, what I was doing before I came on the show. So um, there's a couple schools that are also going to jump on. So, I mean, you look at – I mean, you definitely you look at who's coming, for example. I mean, I give you a couple examples of guys. You know, we have our own staff, which is really good staff. I mean, I, I'm very lucky and blessed that – every day to work with a, such a really driven, smart staff. I mean, there's, there's never a, uh, there's never a day I'm not happy to go to work. Let's put it that way. You know I mean? For me personally, it's, it's, it's easy to coach a place when you got good people like that. So that are really driven. And so um, I'll go through this right now for you. Um, who's physically working drills um, at the camp. And so um and then, you know, there'll be other schools. So from our staff, it's our obviously our head coach, myself, Coach Struthers, who's our special teams coordinator, wide receivers coach, Coach Josh Sylvester, who um, has coached both quarterbacks and O-line. He's really um, good at both. So, you know, he'll be there. Obviously, Coach Brown, he's our D, one of our D-backs coach. Coach Fanning, our D.C., will be there. Coach Gendron, Gendron our linebackers coach, will be there. Um, coach Jenner has coached at multiple division one schools, in his career, um, very successful coach. Um, he's got ties to East province and Seekonk. He has coached division three at Curry Bridgewater us. Um, you know, and like I said, most D ones, you know, he's, he's been around the horn. He's got a really good resume, really smart guy, great guy to coach with everybody that's ever coached him loves him. The kids love him. Um, you know, so that's from our staff guest coaches, their coaching positions and Maria, Coach Brandon Bernard, he's coached both Division II scholarship and Division Three. He's representing Anne Maria. And these are just guys coaching positions on the field and doing actual testing. These are not all the coaches evaluating. This is more than just this list. This is the list we're initially putting out. But then the, when we put the, the whole list, I think people are going to be shocked, all the schools. Um, next school is Bryant University. They're D1 FCS. They're joining to the Big South Conference. Um, they were one win away from winning the NEC last year. They lost a game right at the end that allowed uh, Sacred Heart to win the conference and go to the playoffs. So, you know, that's a program that's really growing. Um, Brown University, obviously, Coach Willie Edwards, that's another really growing program. So their offense was electric last year, and they brought in some really good recruits in that place. This class coming in there, I've seen their kids. I've worked their camps. Kids have yielded. They're going to shock people. They're going to take another big step this year. Uh, Fitchburg State, Coach Mark Sullivan, he's been around forever. 
he's coached all over the map. Um, and so he's a really good guy and a good coach. He's got a lot of experience. Westville State's Pablo Ortiz. He's also a good coach. Big, big quarterback, tight end background. Um, he's done a boatload of camps I've worked at. Really smart guy, good coach. The next one is a really um, unique coach. He coached in the pros, Rob Orell. So Rob Orell's with Assumption University, their D2 scholarship now. He just got hired there. Rob um, was a coach of the Mass Pirates, and they won the, the Arena Bowl. So he's got a, he's got a professional world title. Um, he's coached other arena teams in arena, um, and he played arena. So he's got a big lineman background and, and other, other niches as well. Bridgewater State's got a great young coach, Tommy Duell. Tommy's the running backs coach this fall. He's got both running back coaching and O-line coaching experience. Tons of energy. Um, and there's there might be two more that can actually coach, but they're waiting to decide if they're going to just evaluate a coach, and we're waiting to hear back from them. And they're FCS coaches from other FCS programs. So um, it's a good group of guys. I mean, where else can you see be coached on the field by – you know, Anna Maria is the ECFC champions of that conference. We were the New England Bowl champions of the MASCAC. You know, you got, you know, you got um, Bryant, who was one way away from winning the New, New England Conference, FCS, and, you know, is going to make a big splash in the Big South because now that they go in the Big South, they get more they get more scholarships. And the people don't understand that, that Big South has a ceiling of scholarships. And FCS football, it's going to make a big difference for them. You know, Assumption's always been a competitive program. A couple of years ago, they won the NE10. Um, they're kind of in a building, rebuilding phase right now to get back to that, and to get a coach like Coach Orell there is a is a nice grab. They, they already have a good staff, so to add another chess piece to the to the, the success puzzle is great for that program. You know, Stonehills in that league is not even the league of the NEC. Um, you know, and Bridgewater is always a really competitive program in our league. Bridgewater is never a down team. Like, if you don't come to play hardcore against them mentally and physically. You're not beating them. So we have a great, um, really respectful rivalry with them. Um, and, you know, we beat them last year in a very close competitive game. It could have gone either way. So, you know, we have a lot of respect for them. And they're they're close in the staff. That's actually what Coach Jenron was last, last coaching at before he came here. And he just, you know, he's kind of like gone places and, and had major success from place to place to place. And then, you know, then he moves on. He, I think he likes challenges. I think he likes, like, teaching different kids over time. And, and I think he's, you know, Kids love him, so, and we love him. So it's 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 great to have another Bridgewater guy here on Bridgewater staff working with us. Um, you know, and there's some other teams in our conference that we're waiting to hear back if they can come along because it's it's hard. That, you know, there's there's always camps um, that happen, you know, every day in, in in the summer, and so this is the first summer. There's a lot of conflicts for camps, but. The weekend we're having it, we're the only camp that weekend that has that many different levels of schools represented. And that's not even the whole list. This is the guys coaching on the field. You know, a lot of camps have guys coaching on the field and like another 20, 30 schools evaluating on top of that. So, um, you know, for us, I think it's it's great for Rhode Island kids. We're going to have some other ex-Rhode Island um, big-time players that played collegiate football kind of helping out. Um, and we'll announce that soon. Um, some of it's kind of leaked out there. So, you know, it's it's a really it's a really good opportunity. I mean, for example, there's an FBU came up in the same week, and they're more expensive than us. And I'm like, well, do they have all these different levels of college football represented? No, and they have a good program, FBU, no doubt. But you know, I, if I was them, I would have moved it. But it, you know, that is what it is. So, and, and I, I don't. That's it, it, just where they scheduled it. So, 
you know, I mean, there's another camp at uh, St. A's that same day and talking to my, some of my friends and staff, they wish they had reached out to us and knew we were scheduling this so that we, they wouldn't be a conflict. They probably would have moved to Sunday, but um, you know, they have a camp and they're a good staff. So, you know, I mean, not every kid's going to come to our camps, but it, it, my opinion is, and obviously I'm a little biased. I mean, not too many places are going to have multiple FCS schools, a D2 scholarship school and a plethora of D3 schools. So at one camp, and we're not going to have like 8 million kids. It's going to be a good chunk of kids. The, the number, the, the ceiling we can allow is 200 and we're pretty, we're getting close to there. So we're, we're you know, that enrollment's going up. So once we announce the full list, I think it's going to skyrocket and going to sell out. So that's what happened. The bone camp first year they did it. And the next year they did it with 700 something kids. So, you know, um, I think it's going to be a good, good success. All these numbers can be verified. Um, and every coach that attends is a, is a guest coach, even just evaluating, they're going to get the pre-list in the beginning. They're going to get the, the uh, full list of all the testing. And then we're going to email them all um, electronic copies after as well. So they have every, every niche of it they need, you know, and that those, those lists will have the Twitters on it. They'll have their email, phone number of the kid, everything, height, weight, you name it. It's going to, you know, the 40, the pro agility, the flexibility test, uh, broad jump, vertical jump, all verified. So, you know, I tell kids anytime you can, if you do run a good 40, you want to keep running that same 40 at multiple camps because it's data points it's statistics one-on-one. The more you do, the more it's real. So, you know, and you can go to a camp and run a decent 40, but then, you know, the, the coaches always ask, is that, is that real? Was that, is that verified? Is that how many times have they done it at different camps? So, and the more you verify it, the better, and the more data points, the more it's like, okay, he is running a four, four, or he is broad jumping 10 feet, or he is vertical jumping 39 inches, or is he doing a four, one pro agility. So, you know, kids that do those type of numbers and they have great grades, the sky's the limit because it's just verified. So I tell kids all the time, and the more you do, the better you get, the more you work on skills and do things, the better you get. I mean, guys literally pay trainers once on end to just do the pro agility or the 40. I mean, they, they pay guys thousands of dollars to get ready for the combine to just run those two things more efficiently. So like they literally do a bazillion reps of doing it. So, I mean, there's a, there's, I mean, if they're doing that for the NFL, why wouldn't you do it to get ready for college? <laughs> so it's the same thing, really. That's why I see some of the same kids that are really good at camps. They continue to get better and get better and get better. Now you gotta be smart and take care of your body. I mean, between these camps, you gotta like really stretch out. You gotta, you can't do like seven camps in seven days. It's a little too much. You have, there's gotta be a balance. Like for you have downtime, you gotta get the proper sleep every night before these camps. <laughs> you know, nutritionally eat right now. I mean, you can't be eating fast foods and processed foods and not taking enough water for hydration and not stretching out enough. You gotta your body's your machine that you're trying to use in the vehicle of athletics. So you gotta really take care of your body. You know. And, you know, and the cleaner you're eating, the better you take care of yourself, the better you feel, and the less injury prone you are. So, I mean, there really is something too to Tom Brady's like diet stuff and pliability. I mean, he's still playing; he's my age, and trust me, I don't think I can do one second of what he's doing. So, kudos to him. Well, yeah, we had Mike Washington last Sunday, and that's pretty much similar to what he's doing at Recover Rhode Island. Got to give him a plug while we're talking about it. Um, so good luck to Mike. You know, um. And that's what he was talking about. Um, you know, you got to give your body a breast. You, you, you know, you got to work on certain things. So uh, you got to take care of yourself, most importantly, you know. And a lot of these kids are doing a lot, a lot of camps, you know. But um, your camp, this is a great place for kids to network. Where are they going to get 
on one field and be with with so many years of college experience. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, we're actually going to have multiple guys from different staffs in each, in each position. So, like, the good thing is, like, we're going to have, you know, different drills in the indie pair where they rotate the kids to different drills and have a lot of reps and a lot of, like, attention details. So, you know, I saw this done at Holy Cross's camp and, and, and Brown and, and Yale's camp. And so, for, for, for example, I saw this at UConn's camp. And so, you know, I saw a lot of different good things. And, you know, I take ideas from people that are successful. I mean, Jim Moore, the new head coach at UConn, is extremely successful. He coached two NFL teams, head coach, and coached in the NFL forever. His dad was a head coach. And so, you know, I always want to steal good ideas or commandeer it because we're Corsairs or a pirate, so probably we're just commandeering. Um, so, you know, I, I always take ideas from people. Again, you know, the, some of the best people, best business people in the world grab ideas. You know, that's that's business 101 and that's football 101. So, you know, I think, um, like, again – I think it's exciting to have a different guys at this camp and uh, it's going to be good. Yeah, no, exactly. The book I was just showing up is the people that started Netflix and that's, that's the name of it. Um, That will never work. And they talk about all these different ideas. So, you know, we got to start somewhere and get, get the ideas. You sent me um a little copy of, the football card that's going to keep track of, of everything, the players height, the weight, all that stuff. What's so important about these high school football players putting their actual data online? So football has become a very analytic sport. Like the combines can, like for example, the NFL is taken very seriously. I mean, they're very, very, very attention detail at that stuff. And like coach Edwards for example, we've, we talk a lot and he's a really good resource for me and he's a really good mentor for me. And so he did an internship with the LA Rams who is this year's Super Bowl champions. So he just did an internship with the, during COVID just recently. And he was working the player personnel department, scouting department. And so he got to see a firsthand view of how they evaluate people, how they evaluate data, how they look at players. And so it's helped his recruiting because he's used that like mentality to look at players in his recruitment process. I think that's really valuable. So, and they don't, you know, those, those internships are hard to get into and creates a Rolodex of guys, those teams down the road to probably bring in. And so, you know, you, people would kill to be, have that opportunity because you just learn things that you would, would blow your mind. And you know, he was telling me some of the, the stuff he had to do and was doing, it was really, it was impressive. So, and you can see why he's yielding so many kids at Brown on their staff. I mean, it's, it's amazing. So, um, you know, I've taken a lot of those ideas and learned from it. And, you know, I didn't have that experience he had, but even the, the nuggets I call of information is valuable. And so when you realize that in the world of learning and the world of business, world of success, you learn from other people and you implement those things in your own way, but you try to keep some of the common threads. So, you know, I mean, they were at Brown, their, their prospect camps are lights out. They had tons of guest coaches that were from great schools and, you know, and, and, that staff is really smart. And so, you know, and they're going to make a climb in the Ivy and, and, and they're going to, they're going to fight and they're going to, that leads tough. So, you know, I mean, he's got some good stuff. I mean, there's a reason the Rams won the Super Bowl. I mean, they have great players and great personnel to go to get those players. And what do they do when those personnel people start to leave and they replace them with their understudies, their next, next man up. And those intern guys are usually their next man up. So don't be surprised. He ends up there if he chooses to down the road. So, um, or, or as an FBS or FCS head coach. So, you know, I mean, he's uh, he loves Rhode Island and, and he's really, really fights to try to get Rhode Island kids 
that if they fit, fit the, the the mold to look at a Brown, um, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, not every kid can go to Brown. It's really hard to play Ivy League football and it's really hard to make it academically at that level. So in any, in any football in college, like none of these schools are easy. Like none of these programs are easy. I mean, you know, in 2017, Anna Marie was a sub 500 team and they brought a whole new staff in. Um, you know, that guy, Dan Mulroney, for example, went in there and, and from 2018 forward, they went crazy all in and they've transformed the program overnight. You know, Dan, from that success, took two assistants and went to division two scholarship, got his head coach at, you know, division two scholarship school, Lock Haven. And his OC was a great OC. Steve is a friend of mine is a new head coach and they've continued to, to grow. We got to play in week two. And, you know, I tell people they're not the enemy from 2017. This is a conference champion team, with some dude dudes and great, great coaches. You know, their staff is, is, is somewhat similar to our staff with the type of personalities and, and work ethic. And so, you know, we gonna we know got our hands full week two with those guys. They're gonna be good. I mean, it might be one of the best football games this fall in D three in New England because it's gonna be a a, a high speed chess match of smart people and talented kids and talent and smart people. So, you know, um, I gotta give them credit. I mean, if you told me in 2016 they'd be like they are now, I wouldn't believe it. But that's great coaches that did an unbelievable job. So, you know, and and, and so all the coaches we have coming are great guys. I mean, really successful guys, and th- these kids are gonna learn a lot. And so. You know, and I and I want them to take things back. I mean, from here, not every kid's going to go to UMass Dartmouth, and every kid's going to go to Brown, but some kids might go to Bryant, some kids might go to Bridgewater, they might go to Westfield, they might go to Fitchburg, you know, they might go to Assumption. I mean, or Anna Maria. I mean, you know, it's it's exciting to have this many different guys, you know, here coaching, and then that doesn't even include the list of the the guys evaluating. We're also going to recruit these kids. They're going to come to the camp as well. And they'll, they'll be able to interject in drills and say, hey, when the kid gets done with the drill, hey, look at this, look at that, you know. So um, I think it's it's the best bang for your buck that's not far. I've seen kids drive hundreds of miles to pay $400 for a two, three-day camp, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of kids at that camp. And so not that it's a bad thing, but, you know, we're all going to gravitate to the, the, the best dudes of the bunch. It's like when you go to a buffet and you want the, the best food, you're going to pick the top two or three foods. So some kids can go shadow to cap that big and that's okay. But those kids will learn against playing against better kids to, to get better. That's the value of that camp. And they get to see what's out there for like top tier talent across the country. You know, this camp will be smaller. There will not be more than 200 kids here. Um, but I can tell you right now there'll be over hundred. So you know, we'll see what the end, end number is and, and that's fine. So, I mean, they'll get a lot of reps and they'll get a lot of experience and they get a lot of recruit and they'll get recruited. So, you know, um, and we're excited about some of the kids already registered. They're really good players. All the coaches, including the D1 guys. You know. Um, How's the registration looking so far? You, it must be pretty. Uh... It's 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 cranking right now. I mean, we put it up. We we hadn't put it on the website yet until um, today. So if you go on uh, umassd.edu, click on athletics, right away what's going to pop up is is a, a a picture. It's our it's our it's the uh, graphic we initiated put out there, the initial graphic. If you pr- click on it, it goes right to the link. You can also go, um, there's another link out there. It's on my Twitter or on the, and on the Corsair football Twitter. Um, and, you know, Coach Edwards and Brown's tagged in it, you know, because he's one of our key guys at this camp. You know, and then, you know, and you can go that way too. So there's many ways to, to, to click on the link and, and, and find the camp. You know, we will take some re- walk-up registrations if we're not sold out. But I'm going to know probably for sure by – Friday morning, it's probably going to be sold out because once we announce 
we can start putting out different bigger graphics. And once we announce the full list of all the even the, you know, the full list of all the even the, the evaluating coaches, not even the, the coaches that are coaching on the field, but the guys that evaluate, you know, and interject during drills and, and, and stuff. And also they're gonna, you know, obviously be around during testing and all that stuff and, and even during registration. Cause we the kids are gonna pre-register, the kids that pre-register are gonna go to a, a table, get their shirt, you know, get their card. Um, the card's gonna be already pre-filled out for like the the the, the background stuff of the kid, you know, their their name, their you know, that stuff. Then we're going to height and weight them. Um, then they're going to do a flexibility test. They're going to do a vertical test off a vertical. Uh, it's a digital vertical mat. It's different. Our kids have never seen that before. Um, it's something all the, all the bigger programs are using. But now in D3, we're getting those as well. We have them. Um, they're going to go from there. They're going to have more testing. Um, they're going to stretch first before the more tests. It's more run stuff. They're going to run 40 uh, timed, verified, pro agility, verified, a broad jump, verified. Um, you know, the, the vert pad is already, it's electronic. It's, 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 you know, it's pretty balls on accurate. So, um, they're calibrated so that, so that will do that on um, the flexibility tests. I've done a million of them for big FBS and FCS programs. So a lot of camps, I'm usually the 40 guy, the pro agility guy or the vert guy or the, or the vert guy or the, um, the flexibility test guy. So coach Karim Cox was at university of Virginia. who's a good friend of mine. He's the D-backs coach there. He was at UConn in 2017, and then after that, he went to uh, Albany for a year. Then he was at um, Air Force for a year, and now he's at uh, University of Virginia, FBS. So he kind of taught me how he grades it out, what to look for, check the boxes. So he's a really good resource for that. He's a good friend. And so, you know, he he taught me that. So Eddie Allen, who was at UConn, who's now at Rutgers, he, you know, another friend of mine. And so these, you meet these people and they, they show us stuff even. So it's great to work camps with them because it just expands their knowledge of understanding of like best practices. So, you know, and, and, and not all of them can come to our camp because they, they have stuff they have to do too, but you know, we all have some of those guys. So, um, you know, for us, it's, it's, we're excited for this camp at the end of the day. Yeah. It seems, you know, you go right on their website and like you said, it comes up with the picture, you know, you go on the picture and you just click it. Just like that, a little click, and then right over here in the box, tickets, bang, yeah. And then if you go down, it has all the instructions, the address, um, some more information about academic elite football school, Brown Brown football, and so on. Uh, how important, what is the best camps for these kids to go to? Like right now, we have an assault on camps. There's camps like, what are the best camps to go to if a kid really wants to get into so football? So any, any camp that is run by a college or university that has other college and universities there. So like best in New England Bone, it's a company called Excel. It works in collaboration with the host program, Springfield, right? And so they would – we this is a similar theoretical. So Excel is a private company. There's a lot of training. And so Excel figured out, well, why don't we work in collaboration with universities and colleges because if you hold on a college campus, you can have multiple college coaches. That's part of this. There's compliance rules with that. So um, we, they do that, for example, it's a big camp and they start out very small back in the day, like us. And they, they, it's a great camp. I, we all, you know, UMass staff, we attended, you know, they had four over 400 college coaches from like 300 different programs at that camp, which is crazy. Um, Cause there's only 600 something total of all college football. So all levels. So that's a lot of guys. Um, you know, then another big camp is New England Elite. Uh, Coach Pappas runs that. That's through, um, you know, that group. They also run the, the the spring league thing in the spring, which was huge. 
Um, he had over 800 kids at that camp. That's a great camp. Um, Coach Pappas is like the grandfather of New England college football. He, that's hold at Tufts. Tufts does a great job with that. Um, and we have a good relationship with that staff. And that's a great camp as well. That Those are two big mega camps. And, you know, it is a little overwhelming for the kids, but I think it's good because, like, you get to see what's out there for talent. And you get to see, like, what – what's you know what what the ceiling or potential ceiling is and what the basement is and everything in between so it's a good eye-opener um and then you know any, again any prospect camp any you know ivy camps are good you know roadie has a great camp their ca team they're, they're another team that's their preseason ranked number 14 in the nation this year and they're loaded and they got they've completely transformed the staff with great coaches i worked all three of their camps and that was stellar i mean again if you told me that in 2016, 2015, Rody would be where they are right now. I would, I would not believe you. But again, they've, they've developed kids that were there. They're still there. They've transformed the staff. Um, you know, Coach Fleming, Coach Fleming are the, the core nucleus of the staff from the beginning, and they kind of, you know, Coach Fleming is the head coach and has a lot of experience. FPS, FCS, and Coach Flanagan um, is a self-made coach. He played at Saint A's, a very good player in Saint A's. Played for Bishop Henrikin, and then you know went to Rody. And what people don't know is the first year he volunteered. He wasn't getting paid and worked like a machine. And so over time he learned a lot. And, and so he became a better coach every day. And now they're, you know, they're doing well and, and, and they're the preseason ranked 14 in FCS football. Um, you know, I do their camps and, and if you're a Rhode Island kid and you know, you they're the number of preseason 14 team in the country, why aren't you at their camps? It's down the street. So, and they had like 30 something different other schools there. They had Merrimack there, FCS as well. And they had us there and they had Springfield there and they had, you know, a plethora of other schools, you know, uh, multiple NASCAC schools, the small Ivies, they, you know, bunch of D2s, you know, Bentley Assumption, Stonehill was now going to be D1, but they were D2 at the time, you know, and, and it was similar theoretical. I mean, similar type of testing stuff and they share all the data, you know, and, and I tell kids all the time, like we all as college coaches, you know, it's, it's not an easy job and it's a lot of hours. I mean, it's 10 o'clock at night right now. And once I get off this show, I got about three more hours of work and I'll be back up at four. So, you know, it's and I'm not complaining about it. I love it. it I, some people think I'm crazy, and but it, it's what I do. And, and I tell people all the time: some people drink, some people do drugs, some people gamble. I do football. So it's a new era, and he's not even capping. I kind of like that new era, not capping. Um, so I mean, you know, I mean, all these guys work really hard. Like, no one's not. Very few college coaches aren't working really hard. I mean, they're all working really hard. So, you know, um, and it's just. Sometimes you have a little bit of luck with the right kid. Sometimes you make a bad decision and the kid's not as good as you thought he was. And so you learn from it, hopefully. You know, I think we've gotten better and learned from it as a staff here. And so we got a great head coach. We got great coordinators. And, you know, and we also have great network of friends out there in this in this industry, both in our own league. And people don't realize it. Like, oh, you know, you're playing this so-and-so. Don't you not like them? I'm like, no, we're doing the same deal. Like, you know, I mean, not like them game week because we're going to play each other and everybody wants to win. But the other day, like we share information, like we don't have phys ed here. We don't have physical education. It's not a major we have at our school. So yeah, like, that's probably the have... only thing you don't have. Because when I was looking at um, your majors, you have just about everything. We have a lot of majors. So like we don't have exercise science and we don't have phys ed. Now, you you can go get a mass or a, well, a PhD now in physical therapy. You can do pre-physical therapy here. So like, for example, a lot of kids want to be athletic trainers, right? Athletic training is really kind of like the the beginning blocks of, of physical therapy. Like it's like physical therapy is like an advanced version of that, so to speak. And a lot of schools are getting to the point where they're actually hiring all physical therapists. They have the, the finances to do it because 
They have the same, they have the minimum standards of the athletic trainer, but then they have further education to, you know, be a physical therapist. And so, you know, physical therapists can, can literally build insurance companies directly now because it's a PhD required for, for licensure across the country. So, you know, we do have that, um, the UMass system, we have our own med school, we have our own law school. So, you know, but we don't have those two majors and that's not two majors. We do an undergrad. So, and so I tell a lot of kids, listen, like if you really know, you just want to be a phys ed major. And I understand like we may love the player, but we don't have the major. I'm not going to lie to the kids and say we do because we don't. So, you know, the schools that have there, like Springfield, for example, one school is very good at it. Bridgewater is very good at it. You know, Randy Moyne, one of the coaches is a strength conditioning guy in Rhode Island, has a Jim and Johnson around, very successful guy, smart guy, good friend, does a good job as a coach and a trainer. Um, you know, there's two examples. Rhodey in their FCS, so not everybody can play at Rhodey. It's a very high level. And so, you know, when you go to their camps and see their kids, I think the high school kids are surprised how big and athletic their kids are. I think they're shocked, actually. So, you know, and, and they have a bunch of phys ed majors on their own roster, and it's a good major. They have a lot of friends that did that major there. Some played there. Some didn't play football there. We're just students, and now, now they're working in the phys ed world as either coaches and teachers or personal trainers. So, um, you know, those are some of the examples of schools that have that major. And we have relationships with those staffs there. So a lot of times they'll refer kids. I mean, and then, you know, Anna Maria is one of their big niche majors is fire science. And everything's it's like a basic thing. There's a lot to that. Their head coach just retired as a career high-ranking firefighter. Um, very you know, decorated firefighter. So that's a big major they have in Anna Maria. Now we don't have that. A lot of schools don't have that major. It's a niche major. You know, Mass Maritimes in our league. And I'm good friends with a bunch of guys in that staff. They're they're a niche school. They do something very unique in their majors that most schools don't have. Like we have engineering, but they have marine engineering, which is different. So, you know, or they can become a boat captain or work in logistics in the in the in the in the sea industry and in, you know, merchant marine stuff. So, you know. There's some kids just want to do that niche, and we don't have it. So, you know, they ask me, like, who has it? Well, the SUNY Maritime in New York, Merchant Marine down in the Cape, which is one of the teams of the league. You know, Mass Maritime is Merchant Marine as well. Merchant Marine Academy, Kings Point, it's – it's they're, they're, they're acting to MMA. You know, they're down in New York, you know, New York and towards Jersey. So um, they're in the, the new Mac. So, I mean, there's schools that have niche majors we don't have, and that's okay. Like, that's why you go to these camps to meet these different coaches network these coaches, show what you can do, learn that you need to learn more, and hopefully you have the mindset you want to learn more. I mean, Tom Brady, who's 27 years in the NFL, is always trying to strive to learn more and be better. That guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. So, you know, that mindset is a success mindset. The minute you know it all is the minute we start to lose because people are not going to act like they know it all. They're going to keep working to get better. So, you know, it's no different for the players, no different for the coaches. So, you know, we're not going to be exactly the same offensively as last year. We're going to add some wrinkles this year for sure. Because we learn different things we can add and augment to be better. You know, and every, it, guys that do that are going to be very successful. You know, um, but yeah, I tell kids, you know, any, any prospect camp at a college university is definitely good, especially if they're going to have guest coaches. That means more. It's like, okay, why do they put food courts in malls? Well, multiple options, right? A camp is no different. The difference is that it's a different analogy, but it's a different medium. Camp has multiple coaches, you know, with multiple options of, to be recruited by and to showcase your skills that people want. So same deal. That's why they created malls and food courts and malls, really. Um, so at the end nice of the day. Nice place to network, you know. Um, excellent and, and the thing to is, network. too, like I tell guys, like I know guys have climbed the ladder and gone to the biggest places, you know, and 
they weren't at those places before, and they just climbed the ladder. I mean, there's a coach of Framingham that just left Framingham to go coach for the Pats, New England Patriots on staff. You know, and, uh, you know, bad people were like, the people were stunned. And I'm like, well, I'm not. They've created an NFL players. So, you know, somebody's doing some good stuff over there, obviously. So, you know, I mean, I've seen guys go from our school to Division One. We have three ex-coaches coaching Division One football from our school and, 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 you know, and with a lot of clout now. And so, again, they're friends of ours. You know, Brian Robats at Merrimack, you know, killing it. He's a recruiting coordinator, a great friend and, and a good guy. He knows his stuff. And then, you know, Joe Papalardo had left here, went to Southern Miss. Um, had and spent some serious time at Southern Miss. And then he went on. And now he's at Austin P, the special teams coordinator, which is FCS as well. So I mean, these guys, because you know, there's multiple guys who jump to bigger places. There was a coach that left Central Connecticut to go be a, a coach at Kentucky. I coach camps with that guy. I know that guy. It's you know, it's crazy, but it happens. It's how this, this level is. So I tell guys, don't burn bridges. You blink, and that guy's at FBS. I remember Donnie Brown said to me once. I asked him some questions about recruiting. Very good recruiter, very smart coach. He said, Coach, when you like a kid, you like a kid. And if you notice his career, anytime he's left a place and gone somewhere, he usually flips recruits to, to, to decommit from somewhere and to commit where he's at because they, they love him as a coach. Kids really connect with him. He's a great teacher. He's got great high energy. He's not a young guy, but you think he's like 30 years old running around like a machine. And he's he's not young, and but he's really smart and really talented. And that's why he's been successful. So, you know, you learn from guys like that and hopefully you do the right stuff and try to, you know, continue to get better. So, you know, my, my, my recommendation is go to camps. I mean, we had a kid at our camp. We had a camp in 2018. It was a different, um, we call it fiduciary agent, a different company in line with us from New Jersey that did it with us. Um, who does a lot of camps down, down in Jersey and parts of the country, Nick Panisi owns PSR showcase and a good friend. And, um, you know, we had a kid at our camp, Jalen Kopecki, Rhode Island guy. He won phys ed. We didn't have phys ed. Well, guess what? Bridgewater was at the camp. You know, they recruited him. They offered him. And he was a starting tight end as a true freshman. with first team all-conference. Now, obviously, we love the kid. He's a great player. We'd love to have him here. But at the end of the day, it was a perfect fit for the kid. And he had a great first year. So, you know, kudos to that kid. I mean, he's doing great. I know the family. You know, the, the uncle played at Salve. My alma mater. Uh, mom, I've known for a long time. And the good family, good people. And that kid's going to get better and going to be really good. So, you know, we got to try to stop him, which ain't going to be easy. But you know, kudos to them. And that's, that's, that's the example of networking. And trust me, we would have loved to have him here. We didn't have his major. So, you know, at the end of the day, people are going to go where they're their best fit. Not every kid's going to come here. And we understand that. There's a lot of times kids don't come to us and, you know, I call them and congratulate them on the other commitment. I'm not, you know, I want them here, but I'm not mad. I understand that everybody's going to go to their, their fit. Right. And a lot of times years later, if the, the fit doesn't work out that we want it to work out, because, you never want somebody not to have something work out, right? But sometimes it doesn't. It's part of college football. It's part of life. And everybody's going to stay in the same job for 30 years. They're not going to stay in the same coaching place 30 years. That's not very normal. So a lot of times kids will put themselves in the portal and choose schools that treat them well in the process. They remember and they say, well, you know, maybe I should go there. And the guys that understand that psychological and that, you know, respect to those players, they deal with a lot of those guys. And I learned that from other coaches that taught me that. So, you know, I, I was very lucky in early in my career to learn from Coach Cohen, Liam's father, and Coach Bell, who's the DC who became the head coach. Both really Hall of Fame coaches, great guys, and had a great philosophy. And that's why Salvi was so good back then. Um, you know, but like, so the Quebec kids are a prime example—a kid that found his fit. You know, we had a kid Spencer Lockwood years ago from Connecticut, Gatorade Player of the Year. We thought we could get him, and went to Trinity, was Rookie of the Year in the, NAS, the NASCAC. 
Um, you know, and so that happens. And, and I mean, we've had kids go to roadie that, you know, went on a PWO and now they're playing, starting on scholarship and doing well. And, and kudos them. we've lost kids to Bryant. I've recruited kids to Brown when they were a little bit younger, then they continue to grow. And then obviously they're, they're, they're Ivy league players and, and, and good luck to them. It's awesome. I mean, and I was at the same camps with those other coaches. And so we also talk about like, they say, coach will ask me, what do you think, what's your, what's your analysis of this player, both socially, academically, have you seen enough camps, what, you, what you've seen the numbers. So like for me, you know, it's really a good learning experience, like how people evaluate people. Coach Barthel at UConn, I tell you what, that guy's a great guy. I worked at UConn camp. He was first year at UConn. He coached last year for was at UConn with the Carolina Panthers. He coached Christian McCaffrey, the running back. It was his running back. He was the running back coach. Before that, he was at Penn State coaching Saquon Barkley. He recruited Saquon Barkley at Penn State. He was a running back coach and coached him. So those are two big-name guys, man, in the NFL. So obviously I'm going to take every nugget I can from that guy because he built them. And so he's a great coach, really smart guy, has great ideas, great understanding what to get better. And he even says to me, Ryan, I don't know what I'll find it from people even better than me. That's a guy that's had high success coaching running backs. So as a running back coach, I'm like, well, he built two absolute super studs. So I want to know what he knows. And so, you know, I mean, we've given some of the nugget information to our, our running backs in this offseason. I'm telling you, they're working really hard within that vacuum to be even better. So, you know, I, it's not my knowledge. It's other people's knowledge in, intake and, and then filter. So, you know, I mean, I, I take drills from everybody that are they're good coaches at the end of the day. And anytime a high school coach wants to ask me about something, I will give it to him. I will share it with him, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, I'm not going to keep in like some locked secret box. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it's not like some like utopian secret. So, um, you know, and I don't know everything. So y- at the end of the day, it's just work as hard as you can, give the best effort you can, be ethical. And that's all that matters. And, you know, I'm excited to work with different guys and 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 you build your, you build your portfolio of friends. It's, it's really how college football is. And, it's a big network. It's a big network. It's a deep network. People don't realize, like, we talk about kids every day. It's it's DMing each other, calling each other, texting each other. I talk to at least three or four different college coaches from different levels every day because I want to learn and I want to network and I want to be, you know, not because I'm trying to, like, jump out of here or anything. Some guys do that to eventually leave because they're, they want to move fast up the ladder, and that's fine. That's their deal. I just didn't want to live in, like, four or five different states in like 10 years. Some guys do that's tough. So, um, and I, I know from my, my dad, my, my dad's father, my mom's dad were both officers in the military and both went to the academies and they moved around a lot when they were younger before they kind of became older in their career. So they lived that kind of like jumping around lifestyle when they're younger. So for me, um, I heard those stories. And so I just didn't want to do that. And that's fine. Other guys do that. That's their, that's their, that's their decision niche. Um, and some guys can do well with that and, and climb the ladder and become very successful. Some guys that come times get pretty tough. So, you know, um, but we're excited what we're doing. We're excited what this camp's going to be. I think it's going to be a great camp. Get out there. UMass Dotman one day football camp with Brown University. Willie Edwards, you know, a lot of people don't know that Coach Edwards um, did, his, did an internship at the Rams. And at the same time, he had the Giants that stepped up a little too late that actually wanted him. Um, to come do an internship. Am I correct? See the, see, the thing is, when you get on a board and you sit down, you get to like, I've done Zoom meetings with Willie, like where you just spend hours talking. And it's all about recruiting and football. And you realize very quickly his knowledge. It starts to be like, whoa. 
So, and he's just a great guy. So like at the end of the day, like, you know, if he doesn't respond, it's cause they're so busy right now, Brown. I mean, I know what they're doing. I know what they're trying to build. So those guys are spending mega hours. So it's not him, you know, not being responsive. It's him just like, just working like a machine. So, you know, I tell people like, Hey, I could try to get all the Willie. I'm like, Hey, Willie's really, if you saw his day to day, it would blow your mind. So he just, um, he's a, he's a machine, man. He, he runs all their camps for them. He's a big piece of the recruiting machine, big piece of the offense. Like he's a big piece of a lot of stuff. So up there and, and every year he he gains more responsibilities because he's good, you know? So, I mean, anytime a guy's really good, the, the staff wants them to do more because they can trust them, you know, and they, they trust them. They're going to make them better. So, you know, I've learned that watching staffs. I mean, Bobby Chesney, for example, at, at Holy Cross is killing it. So those guys are machine and it, it's amazing. The kids are bring up for recruits. I mean, they bring up a lot of like true FBS kids every week. So it's see those camps it's just dudes after dudes after dudes. So, you know, it's just a, it's impressive. Um, and he is stepping up to be one of the best recruiters in all of FCS football. He is. He's. And the thing about Bobby is that he's got crazy good energy. He is exactly who he is 24 seven, which is, is, is interesting. You know, um, you know, I tell people like sometimes, you know, people think these high FBS FCS coaches are like celebrities almost. Right. And so, you know, some are kind of, but there's some really down to earth, really transparent guys and guys like, you know, Bobby and Willie are, are two of them, you know, Mike Flang at Rory's just like that, just regular guy. And that works really hard and is really smart. So, um, you know, when you, when you get to sit down with people like that and realize they're like, they're real people, not just like celebrities. Um, it's kind of like nice. Uh, I mean, Jim Moore at UConn is a regular guy. I mean, the one thing I, that blew my mind when I did his camp, you know, he never medalized the new England based coaches or, East coast coaches. Cause he never coached for them or coached against them. We had a meeting at like seven in the morning for their camp. And the campers were coming at like, I think like nine 30 for registration. And uh, there's a lot of coaches cause it's an FBS team here in new England. He knew every guest coach's name, place they coached at position, knew their background, like knew who their wife. It was crazy. He knew everybody knew their whole background. It was really, really cool. And uh, it was just a regular guy that with a ton of knowledge regular guy with ton of knowledge and that like blew my mind because you think of Jim Moore a two-time NFL head coach multiple time like coordinator in NFL head coach at UCLA mega like he has had a mega career he's done stuff for ESPN as an analyst I and mean, he's done some big stuff you know and so when they got him there I was like whoa that's a big name guy so you know I mean how many guys can say the coach head coach two NFL teams his dad was a life from the NFL great coach I mean there's a there's a there's a video of the whole like the, the thing about playoffs when he was coaching with the Saints, or the Saints or the Jets, was like the videos was one of the, he was head coach of both those teams, and that's still like kind of like an iconic thing, you know, and um, you know, and, and he's much like his dad, just a really just down to earth guy. It's, has has a good sense of humor and he's really smart. So, you know, and, and you get to meet guys like him or Donnie Brown. Donnie Brown coached one of the best defenses in the country in FBS football at Michigan, and he's just a gr- brilliant defensive guy. And our, our DC is really close to them, so. You know, we run a lot of Dunny stuff, theoretically. So, and then on offense, we a lot of stuff from Noel Mazzoni, which is Jim's OC when he was at UCLA, and Josh is tight. Our OC is tight with him. So, you know, really, um, it's all networking. And, and I tell guys, listen, like, learn, be a sponge. Like, almost, like, beg for more information how to use it. Um, beg for more, like, reps and drills. Want to be better. Want to be coachable. That's the thing I tell kids. Go to camps and be locked in. 
locked in the sense not just to compete, but locked in to really watch the coaching points when you see a kid that does it really well, that drill really well, and why he's doing it well. You know, what is he doing that's making him a good person in that drill and that rep? And so don't just stand in line and chit-chat with kids and kind of not pay attention because that does happen too sometimes at camp some kids. And all the coaches, we recognize it. In between water breaks, we're talking about, like, how do you think this kid is? Like, what do you think? On top of just the measurables, the kid's personality and, and, and character. So, you know, um, and these are all levels of coaches. And even all the different D1 coaches talk, they all talk. I mean, they've all worked each other over the years. And, you know, it's like ships passing in the night going to different teams when they leave places. I mean, my I have a friend that was at uh, New Haven, Coach Jenks. He used to be at Central Connecticut. He's New Haven. And now he's heading on the West Coast to be a big-time major college football coach. So, you know, it, there's lots of really successful guys. I mean, Liam Cohen flipped the ladder like a rocket. I mean, he went from, you know, he was at both Brown and, and Rhodey. Then he went to UMaine. Then he was at Holy Cross for a very short time. He was only at Holy Cross a little over a month. And then he got hired by the L.A. Rams. And then he left there to be the OC at Kentucky. Now he's back with the Rams as the OC. Um, so, I mean, he's at a really impressive trajectory. That's I mean, that's those are some big places. So with oh, yeah. some really successful success. So congratulations to him. He went to LaSalle. You know, he had yeah, a Rhode great, guy. great great career. Great career. At one point, the number two team in the SEC, Kentucky, had him and, and Coach White are two Rhode Island guys coaching the number two team in the SEC. It's two coordinators. Mm-hmm. Now one of them's in the NFL. So as another as a coordinator. So that's impressive. I mean, we kind of like it, it's really nice to have Rhode Island guys do well. I mean, Nick Russo, who's the Terre Haute head coach, he's a Ron guy. He's now on staff at the Worcester. I never get to really know Nick. I've heard of him. Um, and we actually worked the, the last Brown camp together. And uh, that was really cool because I got to, like, talk to him, get to know him. I tell guys all the time, really, you know, you don't never know what a guy's like. You really get that get to know him. Like, talk to them. Get your own opinion. Don't, you know, don't just hear hearsay. Like, form your own opinion. And obviously, that can be changed over time positively or negatively. But – you know, and uh, he's trying to work hard for them, and it's a good pickup for them at Worcester. And I talked to Coach Adam, their head coach, Coach Pelliquin, at the Southern Connecticut camp, and we talked for a while about all kinds of stuff. And uh, and he was really excited to have that kid there. I say kid because he's young because I'm old. So, um, but he's he's a smart kid. So um, he he did work for Brown um, in a like a quality control type capacity. Um, as, I don't know if he was technically a volunteer, right? But he was. I, I don't know if he was getting paid or not. I didn't ask him that. But it was some type of, you know, entry-level capacity, and he learned a lot when Coach Estes was there, who's the head coach at Brown for 20 years and then coordinator for five before that. So, you know, I mean, I get to network with a lot of good guys. A coach for Zone who's on staff at Brown, he's been there 25 years. His experience in recruiting, and he's really tight with Coach Edwards as well. They're really tight. Is If you sat down with him, man, he's got some brilliant ideas. So, you know, again, Willie's with other good people there. And makes sense. So, you know, I'm going to go learn from all those good people. So, um, including Willie, uh, it's, it's a smart business. So, you know, I just tell kids go to camp. So you're going to learn a lot. And especially you learn a lot, especially if you lock, if you go there and mess around. The one thing I tell kids too, uh, Mikey, is that when you go to a camp, if you're dinged up or injured, right. Don't go to the camp and like not run the testing then try to do the individual drills. Cause the problem is it's a bad look, right. I see a lot of camps lately, like kids going to camps and like not running a 40, but then running a pro agility, doing all the other testing and doing like the rest of the camp. It's like, well, you could also get injured doing those other things as well. 
because there are football functional movements, bending, starting, stopping, exploding. You can still, you know, it's probably mean like going from stop to acceleration to top speed. So, you know, you can, um, and then short distance is what we call burst, having that burst where they go from a certain speed to accelerating rapidly, which is not start and stop. It's more like kind of like low speed to high speed. But you can pull your hamstring or your quad or your groin doing those stuff as well. So, like, it's not like one's like way worse than the other, really, when you think about it. So, you know, the elderly turning, accelerating. I mean, the pro agility, you're accelerating laterally multiple times. I mean, the 40s just straight away. Um, but like you're going to do things in, in drills that you're going to, you could also pull things as well. So if, you, if you're not healthy, you shouldn't go. Like you should let your body heal for a couple of days and go to another camp instead or, you know, give some time. Like just be smart with your body back to the whole body maintenance thing. And so it's like for what Mike Washington's doing with his new company, there's a, you see a lot of that popping up. And it's really a thing. Years ago when I played high school football and when the dinosaurs walked on the earth, you know, a lot of that wasn't a thing. Like they, you would, you'd, you just static stretch mm-hmm. and you like do some warm up runs and just did practice. And like, you know, there was no like muscle stim, you know, muscle massages, um, all that stuff that trainers do and the physical therapists do now to, to rehab or muscle maintenance, you know, they had like maybe ice baths and heating pads, but what that, that industry has progressed so much in the last 30 years. You saw it was 30 years ago now and the stuff they have now in the pros, they have like, even some a lot of college football, they have like cryotherapy things, which is crazy. You know, I didn't know what that was 20 years ago. Now it's a big thing in professional athletics and even a lot of college athletics. You know, I mean, that pliability stuff that Brady's doing with his TV 12 stuff, other guys doing their own version of that. And that's very, it's considered very valuable and keeping guys healthy. So, I mean, that body maintenance stuff is big, you know. Um, it's it's getting big. So, and there's not a lot of people that actually do it professionally right now. So, it's kind of a new thing. They when when the Guerrero guy with the, with Brady was first doing, they you know they kind of poo-pooed him and said, "Oh, he's not really he doesn't know what he's doing." Blah blah. Well, clearly he does. Look at Brady. So, let me see. Um, it was a snake oil sales. Yeah, I remember they said that. And so people, I mean, I don't know a lot about this, but I read a little about this, and so. People said there's other forms of like non-traditional medicine that also has its value, so to speak. You know, obviously traditional medicine does too, but like things like certain types of yoga makes you more pliable. Um, you know, meditation, uh, deep tissue massages. There's a lot of value to all that stuff. So looking at what you're putting in your body nutritionally, you know, the big TB12 method talks about non-inflammatory foods. That's like a real thing. If you look it up, the research, I like to start looking, I'm like, wow, this is actually a thing. So there is something to it. So, you know, um, so it's not all smoke and mirrors. So I tell kids, you know, just be smart, hydrate a lot of water. You know, obviously you can do some Gatorades, electrolytes, but be smart about it. Don't have, you know, four Gatorades in an hour. That's like 200 grams of sugar. Cause that's not good either. You know, too much sugar can, can lead to diabetes. So, uh, type, you know, type two, um, so, I mean, that's a thing. I know that personally. So, um, but yeah, I mean, to me, just take care of your body and be smart and be, and, and be, and thank coaches. Like, you know, I've seen kids at camps, like kind of poo poo coaches that are very interested in them. I said, you don't know where that guy's going to be in two years or a year or six months. That guy could be at Bama. And that's like a thing. I've known guys have gone to Bama and be a, a coach. And now that person's at UT as a OC and associate coach. And he originally years ago was in, is from Jersey. So, you know, I mean, it, it's interesting to see guys jump around how fast they climb the ladder. 
And you don't know who that coach is too, Ryan. You know, like you don't know who to coach, you know, just because you may see him dressed a little, think he's a dingy, oh, that ain't a coach, but you're really disrespecting the coach of Michigan or, or something. I'll you tell you what, know. people people have never met like the head coach at BC, Halfley. You know, some guys aren't these like ex, like gigantic players. Some of the guys, you know, just went right into coaching, were good players and, and dropped weight and got leaner and they don't look like they didn't play in college. I mean, I look nothing like they do when I play in college now. Um, I'm trying to work on it a little bit, but, uh, you know, Halfley is not this big gigantic guy and he's probably like five, seven, five, eight, a buck 70, um, lean. But, you know, if you saw him in street clothes, you never know. He's the head coach of BC and a really smart coach, really smart guy. I mean, I had a buddy coach Vaughn who was at Becker years ago and Becker was a, the time of struggling program and you bl- blinked, he was recruiting kids at Becker. And, you know, at the time Becker was a struggling program that eventually the school closed the next year when he left a year and a half after he left. Well, the next job he took was he was at Dartmouth, Ivy league Dartmouth. And so, you know, now he's at a, a high end D three down South as a, as a special, as a coordinator. Um, but my buddy coach Vaughn went to Dartmouth. So like kids that blew him off that next year want to go to Dartmouth. He was like, Oh no, no, that kid's not good character. And so the Dartmouth wouldn't recruit that kid. And so you're like, well, that was a bad move. Good. You know, being disrespectful that coach. So I tell people, you know, there's 1.1 plus million high school football players. There's just over 600 college universities that play football, you know, the different divisions. So, I mean, the coaches are kind of in the buyer's market. So here in New England, there's a lot of schools, period, and a lot of teams, period. You leave the New England region, it's not that way. So in the Northeast region, New England, New York, New Jersey. So, you know, people just don't realize how lucky they are in New England to have this many schools because that's not the same in other parts of the nation. So, you know – um, they get lucky where they get a lot of schools recruiting them initially um, from different levels, and then it plays out. But, you know, they don't realize that you've got you, you to give the coaches their due. And I tell every kid, here's what you should do, my, my opinion. And it, it, not everybody's going to listen to it, but love the coaches that love you. Here's why. One, they think they, you can play for their program and be the guy, right? That's a, a big thing. If they're continuing to, like, quote-unquote, like, professionally stalk you to recruit you, and they continue to take their time out of their day to, to call you, text you, DM you, um, email you. I mean, every coach has their own way of doing things. You know, I've now become a bigger DM guy than I was five years ago on Twitter. So uh, I was not a Twitter guy years ago. Guys on our staff and guys on our staff, like, you got to be on Twitter. I'm like, what's that? And that was 2015. Now I understand the value of Twitter. So, um, and so I, the biggest thing I tell, tell kids is let it play out. Don't put any bad energy out there. Let everybody recruit you. Actually be transparent with those coaches. And as the process goes on, the teams that really are in your wheelhouse are going to slowly, like, go on the back burner, right? But you got to find out, like, A, if you're admitted to all the schools, one. Two, are you truly offered offer to those schools? Is it a committable offer? Because a lot of kids can get offered, but then it isn't a committable offer yet because they're building their board, so to speak, of the committed kids and the non-committed kids. I mean, the offered kids, pause, the offered kids, non-offered kids. And so – they might have for one position a dozen offered kids, especially scholarship level, Ivy League, Division One, and they might not hit in kid one or kid two, but they might hit in kid three and kid four, and then kids six, seven, eight, nine, ten go off the board somewhere else, and they get kid eleven and kid twelve. They don't even they stop offering. It's not committable. That can happen in recruiting, because like understand, a lot of the Ivy schools are also recruiting against like Stanford, Notre Dame, Tulane. Army, Navy, you know, West Point and Annapolis, Army, Navy, Air Force Academy, because they're also all high academics 
high-end football. So, you know, some kids might be like, you know what? I don't really want to go to Navy. I, I like the idea, but I don't really want to do some of the actual non-football school stuff, the other stuff that's involved in Navy. Navy is a great school, but they want to just not do the military piece. So they might go to Brown or Yale, and that does happen. Um, then some kids get to Notre Dame and, and realize they're not going to play right away, and they transfer into the Ivy. And that's not unrealistic. It happens, it happened this year with multiple kids. Um, there's kids that will transfer after their undergrad because I, I believe you can only play undergrad. It's a rule in that league, exclusive to that league. They'll, they'll have maybe a year or two of eligibility left, and they'll go to grad school. And they might go to grad school to what? CAA. You know, Rody got a kid out of Columbia this class that's a grad transfer. So he finished his degree at Columbia. And so he went to Rody, and he's a really good player, really good student, obviously. And so, like, that happens. So, you know, I tell kids all the time, like, don't burn bridges, you know, really let it play out. And at the end, pick the best schools, your best fit. You know, so a lot of kids will chase, chase offers that the schools aren't offering. Now, initially I get doing that. Definitely. I mean, you want to play at the highest level if you can, but understand like if you're not a scholarship offered guy, we're not at least a PWO, right? That's the thing. If you're a PWO, like roadie, for example, and now they're very strategic with their PWOs, they've changed their methodology. De- definitely. It's worked out very well for them. You know, they think eventually, potentially, you could be a scholarship guy, at least a partial scholarship guy. And eventually, potentially, if you develop where they think you could, you could be you know, a player and a starter in your position. You know, if you're just a walk-on, walk-on, you're kind of rolling the dice. And that a true walk-on, walk-on can, can work out, but it cannot. So, you know, be careful with that scenario a little bit. Um, hmm. But go, go where you're loved. Go that's the best fit, both athletically and academically. You know, you got to go to school that you feel at home with, both with the coaches and the school. You're going to see yourself out as at every day. It's going to fit your academic needs. It's, it might have to even fit your financial needs. You know, I mean, not every kid can pay 80 grand a year to go to some schools. And those, there's schools that cost that out there. Not that many people do pay that dollar amount, but that, that is a potential based on your financial situation, your family, and your grades. You know, your grades can, can garner a lot of academic and merit money. You, you know, you, you know, that really plays into schools. The better your GPA, the more schools that can recruit you. That's a fact. Obviously the better athletic you, you are, the the bigger the pool of schools you have options of. So obviously there's two side-by-side parallel things that help you. I mean, there's a reason the Ivy league had the band, have the banding system. The banding system has to do with need and grades. So um, mainly grades. So, um, and I was explained that by both coach Edwards and coach Rizzoni and coach Perry. Um, and then a friend of mine, Coach um, Dot, who was at UConn, was not Yale, explained some of that stuff to me over the years, even before he was in the Ivy League because he knew the system. And, and I have other friends in the Ivy League that have reached out to that further explain how that works. So it's really eye-opening because people don't know how that works, nuts and bolts. It blew my mind. I was like, that's crazy. That's a lot of other evaluation that we don't even do because they have their limited slots in each band. So, like, that's really – and the NASCAR has their own version of that, so small Ivies. And they're D three and also a good league, so I mean for for me it's it's yeah, I tell kids don't don't burn bridges, love up coaches that love you because it's definitely a real option, you know and you know understand like if you go really far from home I mean there's a kid from Ryland going to California Joey Shadow, Coach Shadow's son and we recruited him and he's heading to a JUCO out out there and a good player and and, and kudos to them he's trying to get to UCLA as a transfer. And I think he put, potentially could do it if he if he puts in the work and has the right health and be lucky and you know does the right things and hopefully it works out for the kid. It's it's not easy to go play at UCLA down the road. So 
he's trying and I, I give him all the credit in the world. Not easy to do. Yeah, yeah. I seen uh I seen on Facebook he's down there now, his father, you know, him and his dad went down there together. Um it yeah, looked Coach nice. Child, Coach Shaw's a good friend of mine, he's a good guy. When you get to know him, you, you really like him. I and mean, he's a he's got a good personality. He's got a he's a hot ticket. So yeah, I mean, that's gotta be tough. I mean, as a parent, you know, having your kid go across the country to lost to you know the Los Angeles region or outside the Los Angeles region, you know, where the JUCO is, uh, that's a big city. Oh yeah, you know, definitely expensive place to live too. Um, expensive. Um, there's a lot of people from all over the planet there. I, I call it a transient city in the sense that like there's people from all over the world in LA. It's kind of like New York City. So in a way, um, you know. So I mean, it, it's 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 eye opening. Um, there's a lot of opportunity for kids out there in college football if they're willing to do the work and and both academically, athletically, and how you carry yourself. I mean, EJ Perry, the quarterback from Brown, he was at BC. Um, you know, felt it wasn't a good fit for him academically. And, you know, he was pushing to be the guy there and he transfers to Brown and lights it up like a Christmas tree and killed it in the combine, killed it at mini camp for the Jaguars and still with the Jaguars. And, you know, and when he was at the combine, the one thing he did, and he wasn't do it to show off or anything, there was trash all over the field from like people leaving cups and like paper and stuff. And he literally walked around, I guess it was on video and I couldn't believe this, but I, talked to his uncle at, at Brown came his uncle's the head coach at Brown. And I talked to his dad, who's a coach from Andover mass. And like, yeah, this is a real thing. He's just how EJ is. He's a real good person. And, and a lot of coaches look at that and go, we like good character. We like loyal program. The kids are going to be loyal to the program of the, with a franchise, so to speak, you know, and that goes a long way, you know, an NFL team that brings you in and gives you a contract. They're spending a lot of money and a lot of opportunity to that one person. I only get a lot of 52 guys in the active roster. And only a handful of guys in the practice roster. So like that's a big decision to go. We're going to pick this one guy because they if they pick two or three wrong and then do it ever again in the next two or three years, it can really hurt franchise and they all could get fired because not winning games now. So same thing with, with with football in college. So we get a little bit more leeway as far as a bigger roster and that stuff. But you could still make some bad decisions that can really hurt your chemistry your roster and you know and you're stuck with that 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 gentleman for a little while until you decide to get get him out of the program. So you know. Guys do a lot of due diligence on kids. I've seen kids have offers galore and then suddenly two months later have nothing, not even D3. And not and not even some JUCOs. And so when you see that, it's just not good. I caution parents, you know, be appreciative of the college coaches talking to you. You know, you you should demand a good situation for your kid, demand a good education for your kid, and demand the kid get treated well. That's definite because everybody's kids want them getting treated well, coached up, good education. I totally Totally understand that. And I, 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 I'm a parent, so I get it. But at the same token, I understand like the college coach says, Hey, we envision him at this. They don't envision him usually as that to be like Johnny Holderback to sit on the bench for four years. They envision him to progress to eventually be that as a producer. But it's a long road to get to that utopian end. You know, there's a lot of things that has to happen. The kids has to work hard in the system. The kid has to buy into being a team player. The kid has to buy into being now being developed because he's now a college player, not a high school player anymore. And there's some differences for sure. And then like, understand like college is going to be harder in a lot of different facets you never thought of. You know, college is going to be harder because of class. Class is harder. College is going to be harder because you don't have, not walking down the same halls, going from just class to class to class. You might have an hour in between each class. You might have lesser classes one day than another day. So there's a lot of flexibility, but there's also a lot more responsibility. And so, you know, 
you're in the dorm rooms at night and people down the hall want to like play PlayStation all night or, you know, Call of Duty or all these crazy games kids play that cannot play. Trust me, I can't play those games. <laughs> I'm not very good at them. So, um, but like, that's a kid thing kids do now. They do gaming. And so, you know, it's, it's to have the balance of, I need to do class. I need to do football related stuff. I need to do, you know, my laundry even, you know, we wash their athletic laundry and athletics as part of like a nice perk that we have for, for practice and, and, and game gear for the kids, but like their personal stuff, their jeans, you know, the stuff they wear non-football, non-training, you know, is what they have to wash on their own. And like for a place like our place, we have free laundry, which I'm very jealous when I was in college, I had to hunt down for quarters every day at Salve. Um, <laughs> and these kids don't have to do that. I'm like, Oh, must be nice. So you get delivery and everything. Oh, yeah. over there. They have, there's an app they can put on their phone. The school has so it can track how much time is left on that one laundry machine. Is that crazy? Oh like, my goodness, it's like, man. Uh, it's like, I had to keep running up and downstairs at Carrie mansion. Is it done yet? Nope. Like, you know, then where like people like stop it. Like that was like how those washing machines were back in the nineties. So it's, and, and all these schools have the same stuff. Most of them. So, you know, it's not like it's like just utopian to us. Like, I'm sure Brown has it. You know, other schools have it. So, you know, Rody has it. So, I mean, it's just, these schools have changed. And so, you know, but like in things have changed for college kids, it's way more factors of stuff. I mean, you know, we got to worry about at any school, no matter what it is, the potential kids doing bad things. I mean, you recruit them great character kids, but no one's perfect and they can do things that are not good. And that could lead them to being, you know, exiled from the roster and potentially NCAA ineligible. And, and they can't, and when you're NCAA ineligible, you can't transfer anywhere. You're basically a man without an island. That's never good. You have to sit out for a while. Depending on what the yeah. infraction is. So, you know, as his coach, like you'd never want that for a kid. That's never good for a kid. No, definitely not. Um, no. So, you know, for us, I mean, these kids have so many external factors they have to worry about as a college athlete, you know, and now we have a lot of mental health stuff coming up and that's tough. You know, I, 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 I feel for these kids because at the end of the day, they got a lot of stress on them. And it's not just a division one. I mean, division one, obviously very sexual because now it's even more media exposure and even more heightened stuff. An Ivy League stresses, similar type of stresses, but it's not it's only just the high-end responsibilities and Ivy League players, higher-end responsibilities. Like, people expect people to go to Ivy League and, like, conquer the world, so to speak. Like, their families expect that. Their 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 friends expect that. Like, that's what Ivy League is. Ivy League some of the best schools in the world. And so, like, there's a lot of stress and pressure on the kids playing. It's like, hey, you got to go out there and, like, play like a god. Then you have to go out there and, like, get all A's in these crazy hard classes. And then you have to do all everything else. And then, like, be a kid. It's like, well, there's not a lot of time to be a kid, unfortunately. And so, you know, that's the biggest thing about college football. The time management, the time the time needed to be good, to do it right, is it takes a lot of your time. It's a big commitment. It's very different than high school. Not that high school is not a commitment because it is, definitely. A lot of kids can't play high school football. Um, and so as you climb the ladder of athletics, I tell people, the road doesn't get easier. And there's not it, it now it gets easier from reps and doing. And I have a philosophy to tell the freshman coming in. It's a marathon, not a sprint. What I mean by that is the path is much longer than you think. But if you keep the course, like you can't just sprint one year and then like walk the rest of it. You follow me? Because then they mm -hmm. stop developing. And you have to have a certain pace, certain tempo to what you're doing. And hopefully over time you gain your wind and start to, to, to accelerate the tempo as you go up the ladder over the four years of college football. And the guys that, that lock in are extremely successful. One of the players on the roster, for example, is a prime example of that, J.P. Mason. 
Um, JP Mason is the most is the toughest 180 something pound kid on the planet. You know, you see him in street clothes, you'd never know he hits like that. You never know he just has this knack to get to the football. Like he's just got this relentless level of effort and like desire that's just like if you could bottle it up, I think he could like win anything. And so when he came in as a freshman, he was definitely talented, came from a great program at Bishop Henrikin, but it wasn't easy year one for him. And he wasn't starting right away. So he played specials and had a, you know, and he was on offense behind some great talented kids in offense. And, you know, he was kind of frustrated. And he was thinking about putting himself in the portal and doing reset. And luckily we had great conversations with him that led to him being what he is now. He's a captain. He has a bowl championship ring. He has, his junior was nine to season, made all conference for the second year in rural. And this year he's first team all conference preseason in the conference at free safety. And he's a leader and he's a, he's a machine and, and he could have easily quit. He was thinking about it. He was very like stinking thinking because he was a freshman. He didn't know better and he was learning. And so he luckily stuck with it like a marathon. And it, at this point he's had a pretty awesome career. And so I tell people all the time, you know, he's a prime example of a kid that could have easily packed it in, transferred somewhere else said, Oh, you know, the coaches aren't treating me right. Or they're not giving me the love. What he didn't understand was he wasn't, at the developmental stage of what he was going to be. And so, and, and I think he made a great decision and it worked out very well for him and his family. I mean, he's a great student, great kid. He's a machine in the weight room. I mean, his, his level of energy is, it's, you know, it's intense. You see him hit somebody, you think he's like 230s, you know, 170, 180 pounds. And he's not slow, he's fast. So, you know, and he's tough and he's a, he's just a, he's a competitor, man. He does things in the gym and you just go, whoa. So, we have other guys like that too, but that story of he didn't just tap out. He didn't just say reset and go somewhere else. And then because a lot of times reset, go somewhere else, the same deal. They're going to love him. He's going to get there. And, and it's going to be still a process to be on the field. It's not easy, you know? And uh, at the end of the day, you know, JP's a great leader. And I, I, his story, he tells a story to kids and it's a powerful story. And it's, it's, it's a very admirable one because if he easily could have quit. And what he did was lock and do big things. So uh, at the end of the day, you know, um, he's had a great career. And, and and other kids on the roster, too, have had great careers. You know, I mean, we get some great kids. And, and, and we really look at the who the kid is and also what he could become. We look at, like, potential, the back end. Sometimes we pick kids that we – it's frame and potential to get bigger. And they might not be the finished product yet. And they might – people might say, why are they picking that kid? We see something in them they could potentially become, and we take a gamble sometimes in that kid. And I would say 75% of the time it's worked out for us, you know, and uh, they become exactly what they've become. Everybody at the back end goes, I didn't know they were that good. I didn't know they could be that big. I didn't know they could get that fast. And, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's a big deal. So, um, you know, I see you showing the show, you know, a bunch of plays in the bowl game. You know, at the end of the day, I mean – we got a lot of great players, a lot of potential, you know, um, get right there. Antonio Brown, number 18, he wasn't heavily recruited and, uh, he came from a small high school in Connecticut. They didn't throw the ball a ton. Um, they had a very average quarterback, but he was a talented, talented kid. And it showed, I mean, look at this jump cut in this catch. That's yeah. I've seen that. That was like, so. that's a freshman. That's an 18 year old doing that. You know, and that he's worked crazy this off season. Um, he's did great in the summer classes. Um, He's just really trying to take it to the next level. Right there as a freshman, one freshman to another. That's Dante Avila uh, Santos to, to Tom Zednick. Tom Zednick's a six foot six thoroughbred. 
There and you go. Johnson High School, right? Johnson there. High School and Coach Shadow's disciple. And then, you know, you got uh Dante Villa Santos. He played for um Coach Lima at, at Cumberland and, and a good friend of mine that played college football with me and coached with me years ago. John Leonard was on staff and he was there. And so, you know, another another guy that really believed in Dante, Coach Leonard. And so, you know, he was the guy that came to me and said, Hey, Ryan, I think this kid is really I know he played wideouts a bunch of years and you know, he played quarterback a senior year. But he was telling me as he's going getting ready for senior season how impressive he was and how and I saw a lot of that already. And I said, and when guys start giving me again, taking information from people, filtering it, and uh it, it worked out great for us. And now we didn't never want Stephen to get hurt because Stephen was our guy and, and holds a lot of records and is a great person, absolutely awesome person. And I tell this story all the time, man. Stephen gets hurt, very bad injury, really early against a really good Huston team, another team we're gonna play weekend again. He immediately comes off the field after the med staff looks at him. And his first thing was he wanted to make sure Dante was like mentally okay to like sail the ship in the shark waters. That takes a lot of class, man. He was dinged. That was a bad injury for Steven. A lot of kids would just go on the medical tent, hopped in an ambulance, and would have been off to the hospital. He didn't do that. He wanted to make sure, you know, his guy, his next guy up was going to be have every resource possible, coaches, players, to be successful. And Dante took that information, put the car in fifth gear, and let it go. And you know, and, and, and you know, he, he had some bumps in the road during the course of his freshman year. But as the year went on, people like Stephen Gaychuk and our OC, and you know, the rest of our staff and, and other kids were really supportive and really positive. And he took that energy, that info, and just he just fueled the tank with it. And you know, we knew he was going to be even in camp. You could see it. You knew he was going to be what he was going to because I saw it in high school. You know, and I think the way he had his high school career actually helped him be even better in college. He played two positions of high school at a high level, not easy to do, and gets to college, and he's a very athletic quarterback that can that can throw. He's got a great arm. You see what his arm is right now. I mean, the videos coming out from his training are just lights out good. And he's training with a company called M2, and the company M2 is one of the premier companies here in New England you know, the quarterback guys out there, it's like guys like Kyle Rowley. He's a quarterback coach. Our, you know, guy we're working with, Todd Kruger, quarterback coach. Law of success. M2, going to the new young bucks, they call them. They're really, really good. They have a good camp. They always host it at Stonehill. Why? It's a college campus. College coaches can attend. College coaches can work it. They have college coaches on staff, or former college coaches on staff. That's becoming a big thing. they got a lot of kids' offers. I go to their camp every year now. And uh, so, like, some of our guys are working with them, too, as their, you know, off-season training. And everybody's got off-season training guys, too, now, because you have to. Um, you know, and so at the end of the day, you know, and they've they've raved about what they've done with Dante this summer. And we looked at the videos and been like, wow, that's impressive that you guys done that with that kid. So, now we're really excited what he can do. And so, again, another young kid really developing quick with a lot of high ceiling. I mean, Dante's ceiling is so far high that I think if he hits it, it's going to be like epic. So, you know, and, and we have other kids coming in this class that are kind of like him, like, and they and they're actually becoming close. They've been meeting a lot in Zoom, the young quarterbacks of Dante, and the, and the, and the and you know talking about being on the roster, being here, um, and that's exciting. When I tell people when when the team is not only coach driven in a positive way, when they're team driven, locked in way, and positively, they're 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 living the mantra. That's when like things get exciting. Because when, like, the team wants to do more, the team wants to stay longer for film, the team wants to learn more, 
they're like a sponge. Like they can't get enough information in a good way to be good. And they implement that in practice and lifting and day to day. That's when like when you have a whole team like that, it's like, whoa, it's, di- it's just different. Mike, it, that energy. And when you see good teams like that, that are in that process of getting there or are there and then growing even further, those are the teams winning or those teams climbing the ladder. I mean, we get teams like that in our league where if you don't come to play, you're going to get bashed. It's going to be bad. So, you know, there's a there's a, at least a ch- big chunk of teams in a league that you got to be on your A ball every rep, every play, or you're not going to win. And, and the other teams that aren't quite the area yet, you still got to be on your eight ball like 90% of the time. You're not yeah, going to win. So right. like, it's like crazy. Like, I'm like, every week is like Survivor in our league. So in the Mass Gack. And there's other leagues just like it. Like the, the Ivy League is like crazy. Everybody's got dudes. You know, the Big South. Dudes, the CA Roadies League, dudes, like you know, you go see those kids in camps that are end up at those schools. You're like, he's gonna be in the NFL in a year, yep, or two a couple of years. And sure as heck he is. And you see that you can see it in the camps of the, the early development. And it says as long as they keep the course, they keep the marathon, do the right stuff all the way around, they get there. So I have at least an opportunity to be there. I mean, all the teams we have on the division one level doing our camp have guys in the NFL. Brown and Bryant, guys in the NFL. I mean, so don't tell me they're in good places. So, you know, I mean, and, and there's other guys in the teams we got are, are coming to this camp now that might have NFL guys D2, D3. So, I mean, and then the evaluators, what that list is out there, there's both teams in that list. So yeah, you I tell definitely people, have great, great teams. You have, um, you know, you can see it at the bottom, Bryant, Anna Maria, Pittsburgh, you know, Assumption. And plus you also have a bunch of schools that really – Oh, uh, you haven't confirmed yet, but you will be confirming shortly. So yeah. get out, you know, definitely kids should get out to that camp, register at UMass, go to their website. You can follow the link. It comes up with a picture that looks on uh, just like the one that we've been showing you. Um yeah, Coach McCormick, you know, uh he could I mean, talk I, I, I tell people all, all the night. time. You know, and everybody it, it's like a trainer, right? Everybody goes like and this is a good thing that people need to understand. Like everybody's gonna hire a personal trainer, their guru, right? And you know, so a lot of our guys do it off season if they're not on campus with the trainers, they'll they'll go to an expert. Like we one of our max is training down in Florida with a guy who owns an NFL facility. So, you know, that trains NFL players. So, you know, he's one of our Florida guys. So, you know, everybody's a guru. And I tell people, like, your guru might not be the same guru that somebody else has, and that's fine. Well, it, you know, find your fit, right? And so, you know, I mean, there's a lot of good things happening here in Rhode Island. I mean. Coach Dunbar's got breakthrough. Um, that's a great resource. You know, um, you know, Coach Nadim's doing stuff with his kids, you know, behind the pads. And that, you know, and some kids might more gravitate to him or, or Stanley and vice versa. And that's fine. It's okay. There's Emerson Kilgore. He's got his gym in Rhode Island. Um, one of our linemen is training with him. Other linemen look and train with him. And that's okay. And Coach Barrow does his one-on-one training as well. You know, again, find your fit. You know, you look at, I'm only naming a handful of guys. It's not like there's a billion guys doing this. The thing is, there's a billion kids not doing anything. And so and then they roll out a ball and play in camp and they get hurt and they, they're not there to their pinnacle, they're not to their ceiling and because they're not developing, they're not training enough, they're not doing enough. So I tell kids, if you really want to be serious about athletics and be good in high school and good in college and, you know, maybe have the, the, the slim opportunity to ever play professionally in any professional league, you got you to gotta do those things. You got you to gotta make it serious. You know, and, and serious isn't going to be free. You know, these guys, it's their time. I tell you all the time, time is your most valuable thing. It's not money. I'm telling you, it's time. You can never get back. 
And so, you know, when people say, why do you go to the, all these camps? It's because I, I see the value in it. And so, you know, these guys, you know, the training kids, they care about the kids. Now, you know, one guy can say this guy's better, that guy's better. That's fine. That's their opinion. But I tell people, if these guys are taking their personal time, even if they get paid or not. And that that's their, that's their decision. Because I don't know what their overhead is. You know, you never know what somebody's bills are, right? So at the end of the day, you know, they're all trying to help kids. And that's great. You know, um, I just get concerned with some people that don't have a lot of experience. And there's people out there that do this. And it's very discerning to me. I don't think I know it all because I don't. But I go learn from really good people. But there's some people out there that will say, will badmouth somebody like, like me that's done in my past or, or, you know, each year. I mean, one summer I did 61 D1 camps in 80 days from May on. Like, that's kind of, I might have thought it was crazy, 2019. So, <laughs> but she was on board. And so, so was my family. So, you know, and I got to learn a lot. And so, when people say, you know, bad mouth college coaches, like, oh, I know more. And they've never done the things we've done. I'm not saying we know more, but like, we're not clueless. I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to get better. And like, so I, I we've had guys bad mouth this camp we're doing now. Oh, you don't need to go to that camp. Like you're telling me Brown and Bryant and all these other places don't know anything. Like, come on. You tell me, you know, Westfield and Bridgewater and Anna Maria, who's the best team in the ECFC that don't know anything. Come on. Like, stop. Like, you know, I mean, and, and the other teams are going to, we're going to announce soon. It, it, it's good people doing good things for kids. And so, you know, I mean, again, I'm not saying they shouldn't go to St. A's camp and you know, kids that want to go to that camp, it's fine. Also good coaches, you know, it's whatever your fit is for camps even, but definitely go to multiple camps. Definitely do multiple camps. That's a definite. Don't do like one or two and that's it. Cause like, that's not going to, you don't just go to like two trade shows a year and don't, don't do marketing the rest of the year. You're marketing yourself. The product mm. is the kid, the product's the family with the kid. And I tell families also be positive, be appreciative. Sometimes the offers don't come day one. Sometimes they come near the end and that's okay. It doesn't mean your kid's not a good football player. It doesn't mean they didn't want him. It's a process. It's a, it's a lot of check the boxes, you know? And I mean, Tom Brady's a prime example. They've tried to place him like three times at Michigan as a starter, you know? And, and, and that was the thing in the draft where he fell. I was like, well, he didn't run a good 40. He doesn't look like this crazy athletic part. And every year, Michigan was trying to put another guy out there instead of him. And that guy would go in games, dig a hole, and Brady would dig him out of it. So, you know, every year they kept trying to replace Brady. But at the end of the day, he was resilient. And 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 that's why he's good. And so I tell people, like, it's a process. Let it play out. And you're going to – usually if you do the right things, you're going to end up where you should end up. But there's a lot of kids to choose from. So get out to this camp, the July 23rd, Saturday. The only camp you should be at on July 23rd. You know, all these schools that are going to be there, Coach McCormick, Coach Edwards. Um, well, Coach, anything else? Um, no, not really. I mean, about it. just get out to the camp. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on the show, Mikey. And, uh, you know, a lot of D1 guys right now couldn't come to the show. They're, they're, they're mega busy. I mean, they're I'm busy, but those guys – it's like they don't sleep. It's like nuts. There's never enough hours in the day. And they just yeah, keep going. You're loyal. You're, you're a loyal friend. You know, uh, shout out to you. Shout out to everything you're doing. Um, Get out to that UMass Dominic Camp. Go on their website. If you're going to register that day, get there early. Uh, 12 o'clock, I think I seen was registration. If you are going to, you know, um, yeah, noon registration. So get there early. Get in the right parking lot. 
Find a so football I, so program. So, Mikey, before we, we close, what, what I ask kids to do if they can is pre-register. Here's why. I don't want a kid to show up and it's already sold out. That would be that'd be tough for a kid. I mean, that would kind of stink. Um, we're going on Friday to let people know if it sells out beforehand, but some people might not, you know, it might be Friday afternoon. It might be Friday night. It may not sell. It might, we might have like three spots left, I mean, that type of thing. So if they can pre-register, it's not going to be a difference in price. Um, it's going to be the same price if you do it online or if you pre-register now, or if you do it Saturday at 11.59 a.m. So, so, I mean, private pre-register because A, it makes it easier for us to understand who's coming on the back end of late registrations. And B, um, you know, it, it, we want to know who's coming. And we're we're more than half full already. I can tell you that already. And that was at like one o'clock. And there's been more that signed up since then. I've checked it. It was like going crazy. So I was like, oh, well, there's people signing up here like every hour. So literally, uh, and multiple people. So literally, you know, it's a good opportunity to get on people's radars. And it's good. It's a good camp. You know, if mom, there's a lot of places to go out to grab a bike to eat for mom and dad during registration. They just want to drop the, drop the kid off and. Dartmouth, we have Route 6 right there, right off campus. It's like a mile off campus, and there's a billion restaurants. There's a mall there. Um, Horse Neck Beach is like seven, six miles away. It's one of the nicest beaches before we hit the Cape. Um, and we're close to everything. We're half an hour from Providence. We're an hour from Boston. We're two hours, from Hart- two, two hours 15 minutes from Hartford. You know, we're not we're not crazy far from anything. And we're literally right. right off the highway. So, I love um, that play. And we got tons of parking. So, um you know, so that's it's not a it's not an issue with parking. You know, a lot of space. We have over seven hundred acres on our campus, so um, a lot of it's not. Well, they can check out the food court, which is amazing. Uh, it is pretty good. <laughs> you know, so yeah, UMass Diamond, check it out. Even if you want to come up, check out the um, bring your kid to the camp, check out something. You know what they have going I, on. You in know, the freshman obviously food siblings court. that aren't in high school that aren't registered. So you got to be in high school. You got to be a class of 23, 24, 25, 26. The only way a portal kid or a college kid can attend this camp, they must be in the portal and show their documentation or we can't let them in the camp. It's not allowed to. It's an incivility violation. We will not do it. Um, prep school kids are reclassing or doing a PG year. have to show that documentation, like prove that they're going to blah for a PG year. And that, you know, because then they'd be a, a second graduate year for class 23 would be their PG year. But other than that, we can't, you know, we can't touch transfer unless they're in the portal. We can't even talk to them. Um, and you know, that's a big compliance issue. So I ask people don't try to do that because we're going to catch it. I mean, we've already flagged stuff already. If you're trying to do that. So, you know, um, you know, cause you just got, you gotta follow the rules. Unfortunately, that's just how life is. And, you know, there's a lot of the poor right now. is kind of like the wild, wild west once you're in it. Um, but you gotta follow that rule. You know, we wouldn't like it done to us. Somebody's trying to legally steal a player and we wouldn't do it to somebody else. This is not right. So there's a lot of kids out there. It's a big ocean. So, you know, we can always pull up, pull up the, the the anchor and go somewhere else and recruit somewhere else and find kids. There's a lot of kids. It's yeah, I get so do emails. it right, man. Get I get emails people. all day long. I get Twitter DMs all day long, and uh, I'm pretty usually pretty good about responding very quickly. Um, I don't know how I find the hours of the day, but I do. So um, because I would not want that done to me or, or my kids. So right. my you know my middle daughter Kelsey's is going to be a college athlete. She's already in the recruiting process for her sports. Um, luckily, I have a lot of experience dealing with it. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. And I have a lot of friends that don't coach football, coach other athletics. I met in passing at visiting at schools. I talk to them, say hi to them. Next thing you know, they follow me on Twitter and become friendly. And, you know, they might have a friend's kid that's a, a football player, and I might have a friend's kid that's a hockey player or a lacrosse player or a soccer player or a basketball player. So the, the college athletic arena is even a big network, you know? 
Um, at the end of the day, we, we want all our own teams to win in our house at UMass and Brown's the same way. Bryant Rody same way, you know, Sal, they, my alma, same way. Like everybody wants their guys to win. It's always good, positive stuff. So, you know, you never, you know, it's everybody wants everybody to win at their home place. It's always good. You know, it's nice to go to another game. Women's basketball, it's packed. You know, women's softball, it's packed. Women's, you know, we, you know, women's, we don't have women's ice hockey here. We're overlooking potentially to get it, the rumor, but I can't say it definitively, but that's been some talk. Um, you know, and if we brought it, it'd be good. So, but other schools do have it. So, I mean, you know, anytime you're winning, people come out. The fan base is always bigger and it's better energy. And so, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I tell people, just do things and, and work hard and be consistent. And, you know, I tell people all the time, this is one thing that's very good. Whatever your 40 is that's verified at multiple camps, the highest, the fastest number, put that on your Twitter. Don't put a number that you never ran at a verified camp because here's the problem. It's data. If you have 10 camps you went to and five of them you ran a, uh, between a 4.6 and 4.65 and four of them you ran – in the four fives and at one camp you may have run like a high four four but you don't ever run that number again right they're gonna look at like the, the median it, it's statistics 101 they're gonna look at the the true mean of what your numbers are right now if you start to hit that number consistently going forward then yes that's your number obviously but if like you never hit it again it was like either it was a hand timed it wasn't like balls inaccurate because people can make mistake the hand timers that's why at our camp we have multiple hand timers, um, so that it's it's going to be verified. So we're going to have kids run more than 140. If any kid runs a really really fast 40, we're going to you know a sub four five. We're going to we're going to let them have a third one because like there's probably going to be less than two dozen kids running that. And if there's more than that, then we just did the best job recruiting and we're recruiting the right kids for a camp. But um, mm-hmm. that'd be crazy if we did that. But it's possible it happens. So. You know, I mean, I've seen a kid run a four three four three three at a camp, and that was like watching a blur. I mean, that that's true. Four three three is like mind blowing in person. So very um, fast. That's like very very. That's fast. high end NFL speed. So you know, when you okay. see that in person, it's like it's 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 literally like like the person's an alien. <laughs> you don't see it very often. It's like oh, that's an alien. So, um, <laughs> so you know, I'm joking, obviously, but like, but like that's like the the analogy. It's like this this person's so unique that you just go. That's not human. When you see the four fives and four fours, and those are really fast. Like you run a four five and four four, you're moving. You know. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, even a four six, like from like four six seven down, is not slow. That's this guy's run that in the NFL and play. You know, in skill positions. You know, um, you know, you see a lineman run a sub five. That's moving for a big guy. Like that's they're moving. A five one's not bad for a lineman. Five two is not horrible for a lineman. If they're big, you know, if they're like six five, three hundred pounds, you know, then you see kids come to camps run like sixes and sevens. I've seen it, and you go, "Ooh, you need to work on your cardio. You need to get out there and do." You know, you feel bad for kids struggling to run a forty because they don't run it, they don't train it. You know, you should be running like a billion forties a day as a lineman, but like, you should work on it a couple times a week and like build it into your repertoire of cardio to like rep reality. So I tell every kid when you go to a camp too finish on a, on a test. There's a lot of kids who go to camp and pull up and slow down before they hit the finish mark at 40. I tell kids, run it like you're running a 50. What that means is like at 45, you might start to ro- ro- motor down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You want to be accelerating through the the, 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 the test point, the 40-yard dash line. That's where the, the clock's going to turn off and stop. So, you know, same thing with like a broad jump. 
or, ver or ver vertical. If you want to be as explosive as possible, give as much effort to have the best numbers because that's your true ability, not something less. You know, if somebody says, oh, we're only going to grade you out at work as like a 10th perfection as far as quality employee, we're just going to grade you out as like a five because you don't try every day. But you really could be a 10, right? And there's a difference of getting paid money. A combine in, in a camp for football, recruitment, both merit money, you know, football scholarships or D2s, D1s, that's whatever your numbers show from effort, right? So, like, you want to put your best foot forward. So, I tell kids all the time, man, you know, if that's our mantra here at UMass Dartmouth, win the rep. Every rep is your rep. Win them, all of them. And then if you do that, your, your success is yours. So, you know, I mean, I see kids pull up in 40s that are great players in games, and then they show that, and that's really kind of – a coach goes – well, can I trust you in a minute to go in the game? We got to go 80 yards in a minute and you got to play lights out and you're exhausted and the place is rocking and you're on the road. So like th that's a mental thing. So I tell kids, please like realize the coach says, Hey, run it like a 50 or like, Hey, you need to give a better effort. Your next rep on that 40 run because they can see your potential, but you're not there. You know, you're not pushing to the ceiling. So, you know, um, I hope kids don't get upset that they're trying to give them good information you know, to help them. So um, for me, I always try to help kids at camps. Like, Hey, look at this for your technique. Just in the, the skill testing, the, the, you know, ability testing. So, um, you know, so at the end of the day, it's, you just want kids to get better. Not, not just, they're going to come to us. They go to anywhere because nothing's better than quality football continuing to get better at all levels. Cause like I mean, it's fun to coach that, you know, it's fun. Like the, the bridge where I came, I think probably took years off my life. <laughs> but there was two amazing teams. Like just, it was like success, success. It was like two teams of like thoroughbreds going at it with great coaches, just like high speed, violent chess. And after that game, like my buddy, John Lyons is on staff at, at Ridgewater. I have friends at that staff and they have friends on our staff. And he came up to me. He's like that, even though we lost Friday, that was the most amazing game I've ever been part of. Cause it was literally like just dudes everywhere, just producing. And so, I mean, that was a really fun game to coach in. Obviously more fun because we won, but the other day oh, it was yeah. like, that it wasn't helps. like they weren't good too. Like it's like they were making plays too. It was like they, you know, they got dudes, we got dudes. It was just like the end, our kids are just like uh, like delighted, like excited beyond means to win that game who got their place, but they did play well too. They were one play away from beating us. And we were one only one play away from winning it. So it's like, I mean, those two teams. If they played postseason next week, like because we played lights out going the rest of the year, that was the second last game for Plymouth. We played great against Plymouth, and obviously great in the bowl game. I think if, if Bridgewater played somebody else in another bowl game, right, they would have won because they played the Cranberry Bowl against a good Mass Maritime team. Trust me, they were not bad; they were good, very good D line, great athletes, good coaches, their friends on that staff, and they were not easy to beat. And and so they play a, a rivalry game. It's called the Cranberry Bowl. It's been a rivalry for like ever. And if you told me before that game, before the Bridgewater game, we played Bridgewater, that, that Bridgewater was going to, like, score what they did against them. I'm like, no, they're two awesome teams. It's going to be a really close game. It's at – it was I think I remember it was at Mass Maritime, which is a hard place to play. It's windy down there, right, and late in the year. And it's it's they have – you know, they're, they're tough kids. So they're mil paramilitary kids, you know. And, like, Bridgewater went there and, like, lit the world on fire because they were so – they had started to hit their stride in the season then. And, like, we did at the end of the year. So – you know, some teams hit their stride middle and they'll kind of like they hit the pinnacle and slow down. So 
I think if they'd gone to a bowl game, any bowl game, ECAC, the other New England bowl game, I think they would have won because that game was this two really climbing teams, just like like rockets going at the same time. It was in uh, we get the most respect from one of our coaches used to coach there, Coach Gender. He coached at Bridgewater. He coached at Rhodey. He coached Bryant. Like he's been all over the place. And uh, Curry, um, and they loved him there as a coach. We love him here. And he even said he goes, you know, but. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I was talking to someone else. Um, all right, well, we got a coming up on July 23rd, Saturday, UMass Dotman one day for, with Brown University. I hope we have a lot of kids out there. Um, Coach McCormick, thank you. I didn't realize we've been out here two hours, but I appreciate it. It's all right. Um, it's all right. I, 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 I love Hopefully somebody listens to my information. I'm not. I'm oh not yeah, no, nah, definitely. You know, you know I um, appreciate it. Um, get out there to the Brown camp, register online. He said right away, you know, this is going to be a ton of talent out there, a bunch of great talented coaches. So get out there. Great place to network Saturday, the 23rd, UMass Dotman one day with Brown university. All right, coach. Thank you. Have a great night, Maggie. Back to work. I appreciate it. Yeah. Back to work. There we go. Coach McCormick, appreciate him coming. Thank you, everybody, that makes this possible. But get out there to the UMass Dartmouth Football One Day Camp. Um, thank you to everybody that helped sponsor. And if you want to help sponsor, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, we just want to keep this moving, keep this going forward. I'm looking for this video that I can't find. But thank you. Um, thank you very much. Thank you. Coach McCormick, and see you later.